Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Wow. Um, this is the day after the day after. <laughs> so here we are. It's, uh, it's a fascinating uh, time in politics here. And so we look at the election. I'm, I'm still like a lot of folks. You know, this this idea that uh, uh, that Brandon's 30 percent in the polls, that about 70 percent of the country in the exit polls, you know, does not like what's going on. And yet the Congress ends up 50 50. You know, what's wrong with this picture? What's what's what, what am I missing here? How did this happen? Well, a lot of how it happened is vote fraud, now, even though the Republicans did, you know, somewhat well. Uh, the expectation was so much greater and it should have been greater. I mean, the considering what's happening and we've been over the list, you know, the list, right? You know, everything from, from energy to inflation, the economy, to foreign policy, to the military, to, uh, you know, how to treat China, you know, every problem you can think of Chinese infiltration everywhere, universities, technology, you name it. Uh, and so all the things that are happening, you know, the Ukraine war, which is the money laundering bank, surprising how the Ukraine war kind of disappeared. You know, it hasn't been talked about for about three weeks. And it's like uh, it's like the Democrats put out a ban on, on talking about Ukraine uh, until, well, probably now. <laughs> you know, so this is the aftermath. So we're in kind of a weird time right now. We're still sorting out some elections. And, of course, the, the problems are in the same problem places. You know, the battleground states that still have Trump electors. So the one thing that, that the Republicans never mention are the Trump electors. And this is why I have no faith in, in the geldings, the gelding old party. Because if they were a real party, if they were Democrats, They'd be telling you every day about the, uh, the Trump electors they, or, or their electors. They'd be saying, well, look, we got Brandon electors out there. You know, this, this isn't over yet. This is still an ongoing investigation. We need audits. And they'd be carrying that on. They would have carried it on the last two years, every single day, just like carried on a hoax. If they're willing to carry on a hoax for two years, you know, just to make a, you know, things look bad for Trump, they would certainly carry on uh, the truth if they had Brandon electors out there. If the state legislatures had done, had done the reverse and Trump, you know, which we knew when the election and some of the states said we got Brandon electors, there would be a challenge every single day in the news. Now, I say that not because I'm giving credit to the Democrats, which we kind of are, but because I'm, I'm you know, accusing the Republicans of not doing their job, their job as the opposition party, if they were a true opposition party, would be to do, do everything they can to overturn the Democrats. I mean, everything. And that would be being at the border, handing out cards saying, don't get used to this. You're not staying. You know, it would be everything from the daily press conference. Here's your daily election fraud report. Here are the ways the Democrats cheated. They'd be doing this every single day. They'd be pointing out all the problems in the economy. They'd be pointing out, and they'd be offering solutions. They'd be saying that inflation, they'd be calling it Democrat inflation, Democrat induced inflation. You know, um, you know, or what's a good for it? Democrat inflation problem dip. <laughs> there you go. This is the Democrat inflation problem. It's the dip. So we have to go to the dips. I mean, I just made that up. Okay, that's not hard to do. I mean, if the Republicans that ever pay me for this, I give the talking points directly to them. You know, that's all it takes me to make this stuff up. What, seconds? <laughs> you know, I can actually support Action Radio on my talking point income, um, which would be nice. Anyway, so but again, we're looking for sponsors too. So we're going to hopefully, uh, at some point, you know, the donors and sponsors, I, I hope we'll get the message that donating to campaigns is not the way to go. You can change the personalities, but it doesn't mean you're going to change the policy. 
uh, and even with the Democrats cheating, you can try and change the, the, the policies with money. But if the, Dem- if the Republicans aren't going to stand up for uh, vote fraud and get it prosecuted, it's going to continue. You know, apparently there's some uh, – I'll get into this in the articles in a little bit. Uh, Gateway Pundit has some documents, uh, documentation of the vote drops, the 300,000-plus votes that were dropped for, I think, Katie Hobbs as opposed to Carrie Lake in the, the governor's race in Arizona. I think uh, Blake Masters had a vote dump against him. Uh, Gretchen, uh, Gretchen Widmer uh, had a vote dump for her. <laughs> you know, so the Democrats so – so, and you can see the spikes. I've got the graphs. You know, you can see where all of a sudden, oh, 300,000 extra votes. Wow, how'd that happen? And then what they do is it's called the drop and roll. So they drop a whole bunch of votes to put the Democrat ahead. And then all the votes that come in after that are the exact same ratio, just slightly ahead for the Democrat. So it looks plausible. And I don't know why they think they have to do that. Um, Maybe they think they don't draw attention as much to an election where there's only a slight win for, for the Democrat by fraud. Well, same thing with Brandon. The fact that Brandon only won by such small amounts in these battleground states, you know, it almost proves the cheating because Trump is overwhelmingly more powerful. Uh, and more popular. Well, I don't say more powerful. Well, he is that too. But he's certainly more popular uh, than Brandon. You know, you look at the Brandon rallies and you look at the Trump rallies. There's no comparison. There's nobody that can say with a straight face that Brandon could beat Trump in an, in an honest, open election. There's nobody that can say that. I mean, they, they can say it, but they can't mean it. And if they do mean it, they, 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 they're lying. <laughs> you know, because Brandon has never done well in any national election, ever. He's never gotten more than 1% or 2% you know, popularity or, or vote in the primaries. He's never done well at all until this time, you know, in, in 2020, when, of course, it was all vote fraud. Uh, and so this is why it's so fascinating, even in the primary. You know, they cheated uh, in 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton vote frauded her own party member, Bernie Sanders. He got kicked out, you know, by vote fraud. So Democrats don't mind doing it to themselves. They just have to pick the right Democrat. And so I'm not sure who else was, was trying to run uh, in the Democrat Party. I remember a bunch of people were, were standing up there in the debate uh, stage, but I don't know how many of those were, were what you would call a serious contender. And it's hard to know. But the point is that this is all, you know, it's the same old game all over again. Now, what was interesting, and like I say, I began to get this picture. Uh, I wish I'd said it earlier. I, I feel kind of like I missed the boat on this one. And I try not to do that. But it was a couple of weeks before the election. I said, wait a minute, you know, early voting is the way to go. Uh, as much as I loved, and I, up until then, I'm thinking, no, vote on election day. We all vote on election day, there'll be less fraud. You know, we, we do, you know, they'll be counted, the, the votes will be, uh, you know, counted, we're cast, and it should be a, a better election. Well, no, I'm not so sure, because what they did was they sabotaged the, the actual voting process, not the, not the votes themselves. And so what happened was, and, but like I say, a couple of weeks ahead of time, you know, Dick Morris alerted me to this. He said it's, the, the Democrats have already gotten their folks, they're, they're voting. So not only do they know who's voted, they know who hasn't voted, and they can go canvas them you know, in early voting. So wait a minute, you've still got a week and a half left, it's time to vote. So they can't tell who's voted where, but they know if you're a registered Democrat, there's a good chance you're going to vote Democrat. You know, and so what they'll do is they'll go out and, and canvas those folks and say, hey, we don't think you voted yet, we want to make sure you get out and vote. And so that way they can increase their vote totals during the period of early voting. Well, the Republicans idiots, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised they didn't anticipate it. This is kind of like their job, not mine, but uh, I feel like it's mine too. But uh, they were saying, no, vote on election day. We'll all vote together. It'll be, you know, one grand and glorious thing. And so the Democrats had to do, they said, okay, great. Well, we'll just sabotage the vote on election day. And that's exactly what happened in Maricopa County. And that's why, like I say, a couple of weeks ago, I said, nope, vote early. Uh, I voted early. I'm going to continue to vote early, but I only vote early at the election office. So there's no need to transmit data. Now, I don't know whether our DS-200 machines in um, Santa Rosa County uh, at the elections office 
which is just outside the elections office. I don't know if those machines are data transferring, you know, 50 feet into the elections office. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if there's a hack that goes in, within that 50 feet. I hope not, but I can't swear for sure because they don't give me a receipt. They didn't give me a receipt of how I voted. So how do I know the machine recorded it the way I sent it in there on that piece of paper? There's no way to know. I mean, you can send it. Apparently, you can send it upside down, right side up, forwards, backwards. It doesn't matter. It'll still scan. Uh, it'll still match up. But how do I know that? I don't. So we have a lot of work to do in Santa Rosa County here in Florida before 2024 to get rid of these machines. So what you have is a tabulator. And I don't mind a tabulator counting the votes. That's great. But it can't transmit any data. It can just show you a, a readout or a printout or something like that. But they also have to have a receipt. You have to have a receipt of what, uh, what your vote was. So you have you know, some kind of confirmation that the machine recorded your vote as you put it in. But even then, they could still spit out a receipt with some program thing and, uh, and, give you, uh, and still record the vote differently. You don't know. So there's no only way to really know unless we have uh, these voters checked you know, with like a video. You know, it's okay, here's this voting machine, uh, and it has to be under 24-hour surveillance. <laughs> you know, so once the vote starts, the voting tabulator should be under 24-hour surveillance uh, so that we know if anybody, you know, monkeyed around with them at 3 o'clock in the morning. So the, it's very hard to get a secure vote. The, the only truly secure vote would be paper ballots only manually counted under observation. That would be the best way to do it. And then we, I wouldn't mind if they took a week or so to count. Because manual counting, you know, does take time, but the more, but then you can have more places counting, but the, the data cannot be transferred. Uh, it has to be done, you know, phone, you know, hey, here are the results, you know, and do it that way. So it'd be interesting to see how the other, you know, places do it. Um, the other thing that's come out is that Florida, you know, had counted 7 million votes um, before, you know, like 10 o'clock at night. And Arizona is still counting their 2 million votes. So it's a, it's a very big difference. Of course, a lot of people don't vote, and that's okay. Uh, like I say, if you don't know what you're doing, stay home. Um, just because we have the right to vote doesn't mean you have to exercise it. You know, Democrats say every, you know, we have to make every vote count. Well, what the, the, of course, what they mean is all the illegal votes, too. They mean every vote. In other words, enough votes so they win. Uh, so it's a very interesting thing. So if anybody has any insight as to why 70% of the country um, could, you know, in the exit polls, this is voters they were polling. 70% of the people in the exit polls said that, uh, and I've got the Gateway Pundit article, I think, uh, down there somewhere in my, my uh, a list of things to go over this morning, uh, said that, yeah, great, you know, it's, uh, the country sucks, you know, and Brand is at 30%, and yet Congress is at 50-50. That still doesn't make sense to me. There's something very, very wrong going on here. So I have a treat for you in the second hour, or when I get tired of talking, <laughs> you know, sometime in there. Um, I have a, an article, I actually have a WEBY class from 2017 when I had, um, what's his name, Bernie, uh, from uh, Project Veritas. And so we get a really good insight into Project Veritas. And we talk about vote fraud. You know, so it, it, it's interesting how strongly it came out then. So this has been 2017 after the 2016 election. It's one of my earlier interviews. You know, so I'm still new at, uh, at this game. But uh, because I was with WEBY, or, you know, a real radio station, I had access to a lot more people. And so it was easier to get guests on WEBY than it is on Blog Talk because for some reason people have kind of a prejudice against Blog Talk. Um, although they still come on, it's getting better. I think, uh, you know, as our audience grows, uh, that'll make a big difference. But of course, the best thing is for you to share the shows. You know, we, we're fighting censorship here. We're fighting massive censorship of action radio here at Blog Talk Radio. So if, if we're ever going to grow, it's really up to you. If you don't share the shows, then we're not going to grow. And if you don't share the bills, you know, the, our citizen legislature is not going to grow. Uh, I still want to get the, the big public figures, the big national news people to start reporting on us, like especially Lindell TV. Uh, we've already been on with Emerald, Emerald Robinson. Boy, that's a tongue twister. Um, and, 
and uh, you know, but I want to get on with Steve Bannon. I want to get on with Mike Lindell. Uh, Brandon House has been on our show. I want to get on his show on Lindell TV. So we get uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of views, and hopefully those folks will start sharing the show. Uh, maybe I'll even get a show on Lindell TV. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, why not? You know, this is the center of citizen legislation for the country and for the world. Fascinating, isn't it? You know, and here we are in Milton, Florida. So Milton, Florida people, you know, if you want to support the one and only citizen legislature in the entire world broadcasting from your town, now's a good time to get in touch with me, Greg at WriteYourLaws.com. You know, and then uh, let's talk a little bit. Let's see, uh, let's see what we can do. All right, so let's get into some articles. Again, so Project Veritas will be either in the second hour or when I get tired of talking, whichever comes first. Uh, so let's see about this. Where do I want to start? Let's start with, um, again, my new favorite reporter, uh, Emil Robinson. I'm hoping to work with, actually. It'd be great to be able to cover stories. Where did the story go? Come on, guys. Oh, okay. So they're not going to help me. I had an article all set and ready to go here, so now I have to go find it. Why aren't you doing this to me? All right. I've already signed in. Oh, I see. Oh, there we go. So they're hidden behind a, a subscription thing. But no, I already subscribed. All right. So. Emerald Robinson, this was November 8th. This is Election Day. Mike Lindell was right about voting machines, what I've just been talking about. We have the DS-200. Don't know what that is. I know that it has, a, has capability for modem. They say one's not in there. I know it has the capability to transmit data, so that alone disqualifies it as far as I'm concerned in terms of, of voter security. Uh, and yet the county doesn't care. They, they've still got them. You know? And uh, apparently the voters don't care because they're not uh, contacting the elections office in, in mass amounts and saying, get rid of the damn voting machines. So I can't do this alone. You know, if you're in Santa Rosa County or in any county uh, in Florida and you have voting machines you don't want, you've got to go to the elections office and your, your county officials and say, look, get rid of these things. But again, it's, it's really up to people to actually make noise. Uh, and if you tolerate this, then you're tolerating vote fraud. That's just that simple. All right. So on November 8th, Emerald Robinson says, my fellow Americans, as the stories about electronic voting machines going down or glitching or malfunctioning roll in from across America again on election day. I really don't know whether to laugh or cry. She says one day, uh, and then we got a quote here, Terrence K. Williams, not sure who that is, but he tweeted out, Mike Lindell was right about those machines. Yeah. Yep. Can't have a vote if you have voting machines. Doesn't work. She says one day I'm a conspiracy theorist. And the next day, most of America wakes up to the reality that electronic voting machines are a very bad idea. We got a tweet here, with, or we got to, actually has a show here with uh, Carrie, uh, uh, Carrie uh, Ward, who is or it's Kelly Ward, who's the Republican uh, chair out there in Arizona. The White House claims it will take days before we find out our election day results. Well, how would they know, right? Slams the uh, and then Kelly Ward slams those comments, and they got a full interview. Um, and this is on the thing, and it's I, I've got this on my Facebook page too. Or just go to Substack, Emerald Robinson. And you can find the, uh, the interview with, with Kelly Ward. But, yeah, I mean, th- that, was the, that was the narrative a week before the election. It's going to take days after the election to find out the true results. In other words, it's going to take days to find out how much we need to cheat by. And that's what they're saying, right? And the, the British press is in on this, too. The Daily Mail, The Guardian, the, the leftist press over in England is right on top of this. They're, they're parroting, you know, the Brandon line. So this is worldwide. Same thing, I'm sure, with Brazil. You know, they didn't say it'll take days to uh, do that, but they did say this is, you know, the most honest and secure election in Brazil's history and everything's fine and wonderful. And, of course, it's not. They, they did the same things that they did here. And it's called the drop and roll. Gateway Pundit, you know, I had some folks actually alert me to this. Gateway Pundit describes, uh, the, the, you know, the, the new voting technique. It's called drop and roll. So you drop about 300,000 votes 
uh, in favor of your candidate, then you roll on with the, the, um, the same voter ratio of your candidate slightly ahead. So it doesn't look so bad. So they sneak in the drop. That, that's what puts their candidate ahead. And then they have all these pre-programmed voting uh, things you know, afterwards that show that uh, uh, their candidate is just slightly ahead. So it looks, it looks much more like a tight race. But because of the vote, they, they, they were put ahead and they stay ahead. So the article says the situation is so absurd that even the frauds at Fox News have been forced to cover it. <laughs> Brett Baer is probably hyperventilating so much today that he's going to need a portable oxygen machine just to get through his show. Yeah, you, you know, you say vote fraud on Fox News, you say, uh, you know, election fraud, you know, you say stolen election on Fox News. They don't, they don't take it well. The only time I've seen that is when Kerry Lake, uh, who will be, you know, hopefully uh, governor of Arizona, was on with Maria Bartiromo on Sunday morning, and she talked about the, the, the vote that was stolen, the election that was stolen. And Maria agrees with that, but she can't say that to keep her job at Fox News, so she kind of lets it go. But uh, she's so popular, they, can't, they really can't touch her either. So the two, there's like a few untouchables at Fox, Laura Ingram, Maria Bartiromo, uh, and, uh, and Tucker Carlson. But the rest of them, you know, they all toe the party line. And I'll get to that in a minute as to why. It's, it's interesting. Um, one of the other articles has it. Anyway, she says, if you're feeling surprised or shocked today, that's because you didn't bother watching my streaming TV show, The Absolute Truth. Well, it's true. Her show is really good. It's 11 a.m. Central Time, so noon uh, Eastern Time on Lindell TV. And she says, where a steady stream of election, election experts and cybersecurity specialists have warned of this outrageous outcome all year long. Perhaps you should stop listening to all those all those disgraced corporate media outlets which, which scared you into getting vaccinated right after they browbeat you into pretending that a nursing home patient who never left his house somehow beat an incumbent president by getting 81 million votes. We all know who that is. Are you really shocked? Come on, man. Have some respect for yourself. So anyway, that's very true. I mean, like I say, I love Lindell TV. You got Steve Bannon in the war room. That's what I listen to after the show. Right? You got to Emerald Robinson right after that. You got Brandon House in the afternoon. Uh, so they have some really, really good people. Now, what I'd love to do, what I'd love to do is to work directly with them and directly with the Trump 2024 campaign and provide citizen legislation, which would be a huge boost to the show. And we get a lot more citizen legislators with a lot more good ideas. So if we can do that, we can connect with Lindell TV. We can connect with the Trump campaign through Peter Navarro. Uh, who was on the show, and we start making citizen legislation the agenda. So, so we move from being the candidates, you know, because they're vote frauded, right? Now, the left hasn't really seen citizen legislation the way you folks know about how it works. They haven't really, so they haven't really developed a strategy for how to defeat it. But I'm not sure how they're going to do that. You know, when, when you think about it, the, the way citizen legislation works is totally transparent. It's out there. You know, the bills are out there. Anybody can read them. And they're short enough and simple enough that anybody can read them. You know, and all you have to do is send a, a, the bill link to Congress and media or the state legislatures and media or the local governments and media, school boards, county commissions, city councils, things like that. Those are the five places we send legislation, school boards, city councils, county commissions, state legislatures and Congress. That's where it goes. Right? Media outlets, everything, you know, talk shows, pollsters, <laughs> you know, news outlets, um, everything like that. So media is anywhere you can send it to uh, news magazines, um, anything, podcasters, Joe Rogan. I want to get with Joe Rogan. That's a project this year. So this might be the this two years before the 2024 election, I think, are critical for Action Radio. If we can break into the, the national agenda, the national debate during these two years, then we're going to be set for a long time. And so if Lindell TV picks us up, Mike Lindell, who I hope to have on the show also, you know, we start talking citizen legislation, maybe get, um, um, what's his name, uh, Ted Nugent. <laughs> you know, I want Ted Nugent on the show. Get some big people on the show. 
uh, Newt Gingrich, you know, folks that can really spread the word about Action Radio. Uh, and then I think the shadow banning will be a lot less. And, of course, if we get our, our bill, you know, our Section 230 revocation of shadow banning by uh, or our big tech censorship bill, which uh, takes uh, which gives them liability immunity uh, over what people post as long as they don't touch what people post or their accounts or arrange uh, search results on, on uh, search on, uh, you know, Google, DuckDuckGo and things like that. So as long as they just do the, the raw number of hits instead of putting all the leftist articles first and the conservative uh, search results on page, you know, six, um, then they can keep their liability immunity. But if they don't, they lose their immunity and you can sue their ass. That's how you stop big tech censorship. So it's all there. Uh, we've got the agenda. We've got the bills. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff ready to go. It's just a question of, you know, how and when and uh, how soon we can get some, uh, some big names helping us. Because quite frankly, you know, the, the regular folks across the country are not sharing the show. So the listeners aren't sharing with their family and friends and their family and friends aren't sharing with their family and friends. And it's, it's, uh, I, I know it's not happening because I can tell, you know, how, how big the show is getting and how much we're still being suppressed. So censorship is winning. They're beating us. If you want to change that, you have to start sharing the show. It's easy to do. Just, just copy the link. And uh, I mean, it's on my page every day. It's on uh, the Action Radio group page every day. You know, it's in the, uh, the Action Radio group, our political page, every day. Just copy the link and uh, send, it to, send it out. You know, Facebook isn't suppressing uh, the sending of the links. It's suppressing the, the, the reach of the links. So the reach is very restricted. You know, five people might see it instead of uh, 50,000. That's the difference. And so that's what you can help with. You want to help the show, if you want to help Citizen Action, if you want to do something, I mean, do something different and I think extremely effective, you know, against all the, the, the shadow band censors and against the, the deep state uniparty, you know, the, the, the Republican and the Democrats, which uh, uh, Michael Savage used to call the Republicrats or the Democans, you know, the, the uniparty. Uh, so you, you basically let two, you, this country really, and I should do a special on this too. The country's really divided into two parties. Uh, it's, uh, it's America first and the deep state. Those are the two parties. Let me see if Emma Robinson does more self, uh, propaganda here, <laughs> you know, or self, uh, self aggrandizement, uh, or, or she good does issues. Sorry, I'm real. Just kidding. She says, if you want to unravel the mysteries of the 2022 election, then you must begin by unraveling the mystery of the 2020 election. That's what I've always said too. That we will never move on uh, as a nation until we correct the 2020 election. It's just that simple. The Trump electors have to be certified. Uh, the Brandon electors have to be tossed out. Trump has to be declared the winner, and he needs to take office January 21st of 2023 so he will serve less than two years of his term so he can run again in 2024. That's the plan. That's my plan anyway. She says, why is the entire U.S. voting system a labyrinth of shell companies designed to obscure who owns the voting machines? Why are those shell companies privately owned and mostly unregulated and totally fake? Good question. You know the reason. You're just not supposed to say it out loud. Well, I think I've said it out loud. I have a talk show. That's what we do here. She says, why would American states sign secret contracts with private companies to run our elections or use Canadian voting machines with Venezuelan software to send American votes to Spanish shell companies on network servers located in China? That's a good question. We even have here in San Rosa County. We have voting machines. So even in this Republican, you know, predominantly uh, military and veteran area, we still have voting machines. There is no excuse for Santa Rosa County, Florida, to have voting machines. There's no excuse for any county in Florida to have voting machines. Look how conservative the vote was. This is a Republican state. This is a conservative state now. I'm not going to say red state because red means communism. So, folks, you've got to get your symbolism right. Okay, this is not a red state. This is a conservative, independent, America-first state. Okay, is that too long? Fine. We're America-first state. Let's put it that way. Um, 
But that's how it is. That's how it works. And there's no excuse for us to have voting machines. There's no reason why we have voting machines, you know, especially when the voting machine is right outside the election office. <laughs> I mean, just, just have somebody from the elections office walk over, read the tabulator, and go, oh, okay, that's what the vote total is. Fine. You know, just read it at the end of the day when everybody's gone home. You know, uh, 505, you know, if the poll, if the voting, if early voting closes at five o'clock, you know, five minutes later, everybody's gone or whatever. As soon as they're gone, someone walks out, tabulates the machine, records the results, and that's it. It's done. What's the problem? And they just keep running the totals as the totals increase during early voting. Yeah. Then you have the, the voting on election day, and you record those results when the polls close, and you, you call them in, but you don't, you don't send them by internet. Anyway. So, okay, here we go. Lastly, in this article, she says, nobody should need to be convinced about election fraud. You already know there's election fraud because the entire system is designed to disguise itself. If you look at America's election system from any angle, it looks rigged. Democrats know this, and Democrat politicians have complained about it in public. Here's a great super – oh, I got, I got a thing here. There's a, Democrats actually a few years ago did that. They actually complained about election fraud and how that could be taken, and people took it seriously then. But now that they do it, you know, they, they, won't, uh, they won't say. Uh, this is the, they have videos of voting machines malfunctioning. Those are easy to find. How many of them are illegally hooked up to the Internet? Notice that you cannot find a single government agency to give you an honest answer. What does that tell you? So how could anyone be surprised that our, quote, secure and reliable, unquote, voting machines broke down in Indiana and Arizona, New Jersey, New York, and Texas, you know, all on Election Day? Fascinating, huh? See, the Republicans stop voting on Election Day. Vote early. See, they can't sabotage the vote every early voting day, so they wait for Election Day, and they knew that. And I, like I say, I miss this. I feel kind of guilty that I didn't suspect they would screw up the vote on Election Day. I knew voting early was a better idea. I knew all the Republicans voting you know, on, on Election Day was a bad idea. I just didn't know why. And it became painfully obvious why. We know why now. So don't vote on Election Day. Vote early and vote at the election office. Much better idea. This is meanwhile back in Arizona. <laughs> Where's the Wayback Machine? Meanwhile, back in Arizona, who is really surprised that poll workers brought in new machines to replace the old machines, and those didn't work either. In fact, at least 15 locations in Maricopa County had tabulator malfunctions this morning. Of course, this was written on Election Day. Plenty of Americans were dumb enough to believe that tabulator malfunctions were a real thing. So our corrupt political elites are pulling the game trick again. So in other words, the, the, the Republicans prepare for the last election fraud. You know, they have poll watchers, they have counters and things like that, but they didn't prepare for the, for the current election fraud, which was sabotaging the vote on Election Day. We have one here in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. The polling officials were actually trying to tell people that the machines ran out of paper. Really, ran out of paper. <laughs> That's fascinating. Then she says, my team at Absolute Truth is following on these election fraud stories. Yeah, it's worth watching. I mean, she's really good at this kind of stuff. All right, there we go. Let's, let's see if I can find you somebody different. Uh, this is another take on election fraud. Here we go. What happened on election night? This is um, PJ Media. Let me bounce around a little bit here. Uh, let me take a break, actually, uh, just for, for a couple minutes here, and then we'll be, be right back with, with more of our fun stuff. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. 
Their website is gracecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. And we'll be right back after this. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. from PJ Media. Uh, what happened on election night? I think I have some answers. And this is Kevin Downey Jr. No idea who that is. Uh, is it Robert Downey Jr.'s brother? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. Uh, anyway, so he says, there is whiskey in my coffee this morning. Uh, I considered going with heroin, which, thanks to Kathy Hochul, is easy to find in New York. But I'm saving my final uh, fall for election night 2024. Uh, this is funny. This is written November 9th. So this is the day after uh, uh, the election, in other words, yesterday. He says, here's what I think went wrong and right with our, in our elections. He says, principles. For starters, conservatives have principles, and the lefties do not. Diehard lib shanks, <laughs> skanks, excuse me. I've never heard that word before. Diehard lib skanks are dedicated to their, their party. In other words, and then he crosses out party and writes communism. So, excuse me, they're dedicated to their communism. They will happily vote for anyone, even a pedophile, or as they call them, minor attracted persons, MAP as long as they have a D before their name. Conservatives uh, are not the same. I know a few never-Trumpers who pinched their noses and voted for Trump, but I know many who stayed home on election night twice. 
Two Democrats wouldn't consider not voting for their candidate, even if he looks like the guy from Sling Blade and can't put a sentence together. I guess that's Fetterman. He always reminds me of, of, of uh, Uncle Fester with a beard and, and a lot less uh, sense of humor, but uh, that's just me. He says, Dr. Oz was a horrible candidate, but he's clearly a better man for the job than Fetterman. How many Pennsylvania Republicans snubbed Oz, the highly polished carpetbagger, and stayed home on Tuesday? Uh, Bolshies, Bolshies, in other words, Bolsheviks, Bolshies don't care that they are paying $4 for gas in Michigan. They don't care that poor black people are getting slaughtered amid a three-year crime surge. They aren't concerned that inflation is getting the nation, uh, that is gutting the nation. It's all about the party, comrade. I should say the Russian accent. It's all about the party, comrade. That's how they operate. It's way to go, okay? Next headline, conservatives love their children. Today, Facebook is full of working-class uh, libs celebrating Tuesday's elections, even though their kids could get raped due to cashless bail laws or an accidental overdose on a Percocet they bought off the street, having no idea it was laced with Chinese fentanyl. He says, another problem uh, we conservatives face is that we, unlike the communists, are not idiots. Leftists are masters of denial. They are morons from Long Island on, oh, there are morons from Long Island on Facebook today pretending there is no crime wave in our major cities and that conservatives are dopes for buying into the, quote, lie of a crime surge. This is despite the record violent crime in nearby New York City, which we can see and read about every day. He says, I know of three far leftists who concede that the crime problems are real. Two of them claim that New Yorkers who are getting raped, shot, or pushed in front of speeding subway trains simply need to toughen up. The third claims he prefers New York City to, to be uh, a little gritty. <laughs> in other words, the pile of bodies is collateral damage in the battle for the greater good, which is a Democrat Communist Party. Next headline, fake news. The commie brainwashing game is strong. Whereas conservatives want the truth, liberals want to hear what they want to hear and believe what they are told to believe. The true leftists have been programmed to believe what they are told and ignore everything else. The Marxists will not believe a word of news from a source that doesn't lean their way. It's called ideological subversion. Well, that's interesting. I haven't heard that term before. This is part of the plan of the commies to take over the United States without firing a shot. Soviet defector Yuri Bezmenov explains it below, and I suggest you take six minutes or so to watch it. Well, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. There's so much good stuff. Um, and PJ Media is another great source. I hope to get to these folks. In fact, I tried to write for them for a while, but um, yeah, back more of my article days. He says, exposure to true information does not matter. Oh, I guess this is a quote from the, the, the Russian. Maybe you should have, exposure to total information does not matter anymore. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> a person who is demoralized is unable to amass to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Even if I shower with him with information, even if I shower him with information. Sorry, <laughs> maybe I should start this one again. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad one. This is a good thing we don't. Edit. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should edit someday. Exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Even if I shower him with information, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take, take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camps, he will refuse to believe it until he's going to receive a kick in his fat bottom. When the military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragedy of the situation of demoralization. A little graphic, but it does get the point across, all right? 
He says another ideological. This is back to the, I think that was the Russian. The Russians tend to be rather blunt. Uh, another quote from, from this is back to the article. He says another ideological difference between liberals and conservatives is this: we want to build and they want to destroy. They have sacrificed their large cities and thousands of lives to push their doctrine. Democrat cities have been stacking bodies for three years. Again, collateral damage. Here is the punchline. The Dems happily sacrifice black people for the cause while telling the survivors that Republicans are racists who want them dead. Yeah, isn't that the ultimate irony? <laughs> it's like how many how many people are how many black people are killed in Democrat cities while the Democrats say that the enemy is the Republicans? That's hysterical and tragic all at the same time. Next headline, making it rain. Conservatives are obviously better with money. The Democrat Party has spent, as far as I can tell, roughly $164 million for Beto O'Rourke to lose three races. Well, you know, why continue funding this cuck, C-U-C-K? That's interesting. Because he is staunchly communist and will push the Marxist agenda that the left has embraced. Back to the next headline, potential cheating. We can't deny that there, have been, there may have been sketchy behavior going on. Election fraud was invented about 10 seconds after democracy. <laughs> Project Veritas, which we're going to have in the, in the next hour. I have a, like I said, I've got a great article with uh, uh, Mr. Verney from uh, Project Veritas back in 2017, WEBY Classic. The article says Project Veritas allegedly caught people in Philly electioneering. Voting machines in the Republican stronghold of Maricopa County, Arizona, magically stopped working yesterday. Yeah, how about that? Did Michigan residents really forgive their governor for her COVID-19 lockdown atrocities, high gas prices, inflation, and crime? Did they forget about the carnage Joe Biden has caused our nation? How about the thousands of seniors sent to their deaths in nursing homes? Governor Gretchen Widmer, D. Michigan, even lost the Muslim vote, which is 3% of the population. Are Michiganders really the most magnanimous voters in the nation? Yeah, this is, this is the part that I don't understand. All right? And so despite the fact there was a 300,000 vote drop for uh, Gretchen Widmer and, and other Democrats, uh, it still doesn't uh, explain the, the, the fact that we've had the worst you know, state of our nation you know, other than in wartime. Um, well, actually, this is kind of a, you know, interesting. You, know, you might call this a, a, an ideological war. It certainly is. But this is the worst situation this country has been in. Uh, was, you know, right after the, one of the best situations this country's been in. So the Trump years, when he was president, you know, sworn in 2017, 2018, 2019, were some of the best years this country's ever had. And I had this feeling of doom, though. I had somehow this, this weird feeling that I said, I better enjoy this now because stuff happens. And sure enough, COVID struck, you know, like a few months later. Uh, call it a premonition, call it what you want. But uh, good things, unfortunately, don't last. So we need to get them back. And we can't. But we're not going to get him back if 70% of the country thinks that uh, the country sucks. 30%, only 30% of the people approve of Brandon. Uh, and yet Congress comes out 50-50 and the elections, you know, favor Democrats in many areas. There's something wrong. Well, it's called vote fraud. So you've got to do something about it. If you want to live a life as a free person, you've got to do something. It's just that simple. Uh, I have ways to do it. You know, Action Radio, our citizen legislation. If you have your own ways to do it, go for it. You've got to get rid of your voting machines. You've got to have open and fair, honest elections. Uh, you know, you have to call out propaganda when it's propaganda. You know, when the lying left is lying left, you have to say so. You know, stand up and be counted. That's how you do it. Cancel the people that are canceling you. That's the next project. And I'm not sure how to do that yet, but uh, that'll be something I'm, I'm working on is to get like a, uh, a computer cyber hit squad to cancel the counselors. So in other words, we are able to find out who's canceling who, you know, and then cancel them. And so we kind of like reverse trace back to 
uh, those people. So I need a really good cyber warfare person that wants to uh, contact the show, Greg at writeyourlaws.com, or just uh, post a message to our live chat, which I haven't put up yet. So let me take a break now and do that. Live chat. Yeah. So if you're a cyber person, you know, and you want to uh, uh, hack the hackers, if you want to make war on the warriors, you know, that are, that are trying to destroy the election, if you want to, uh, you know, get after the cancel culture, if you want to cancel the cancel culture, then uh, I definitely will call the show too, 215-383-3832. So I'll do the usual what's on your mind, what's on your mind, and open up the live chat. So the live chat's now open. Uh, it's always been open. You know, even if I don't put a message there, it's still open. All right, so potential cheating. Uh, let's see, did I read this one? Ah, here we go. So under the potential cheating headline, headline of this article, uh, it says Florida went huge for Ron DeSantis. Yeah, how about that? He snagged a ton of Hispanic votes and turned blue regions red. Again, symbolism, those are the wrong colors, folks, but we'll, I'll let that go for now. He has spent the last three years pushing for personal freedoms and won in a landslide. Why did Michigan, Pennsylvania, and New York not follow suit? especially considering the punishment they've endured from the Democrat governors for the last three years. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that people can be so subjugated and so enslaved by mandates that are so completely unconstitutional, so completely illegal, um, that, uh, that, that people didn't re- you know, uh, rebel and say, we're not going to do this again. We're not going to have these people stay in office. And yet they did. Well, there's only two explanations. Most of the people in those states are idiots or there was vote fraud. I don't see any other way around it. But here's something that we talked about on the show, too, that, that I find fascinating, that uh, the Democrats never got. The Republicans only got recently. But uh, we talked to that, especially with Josie. You know, I said, what, maybe a couple of years ago, that this myth that Hispanic Americans, that loyal Hispanic Americans, multi-generational loyal Hispanic Americans that believe in America first, uh, think that uh, that the only way to get the, quote, Hispanic vote is to let illegal aliens come in the country because those loyal, Hispanic, multi-generational uh, America first Hispanic families favor illegal immigrants, illegal, excuse me, I, I misspoke, illegal aliens coming into this country because they're Hispanic. OK, so they identify their, their racism, both Democrat and Republican, their racism is so strong that they think that all Hispanics are a block that illegal Hispanic uh, aliens are the same as loyal American first, you know, extended family generational uh, Hispanic America firsters. They're not. They're simply not. You know, and, and they never got that. We got that because I look at people as individuals. Josie got that because she's Hispanic and, and told me very clearly that, look, there's, there's loyal American Hispanics that don't want illegal aliens here. But I always suspected that. But it was nice to hear the confirmation. You know, it, it, and it makes sense. Why would any American want illegal aliens uh, in this country, you know, do you think I want white American, white illegal aliens in this country because I'm white? No. You know, do all white people have everything in common? I mean, is Jeffrey Dahmer the same as Mother Teresa? No. Is Adolf Hitler the same as Albert Schweitzer? No. <laughs> you know, just because people have a color does not mean that they are connected in any way. And this is why racism is such a bad thing. You know, so we have we have a racism government. We have a government, been, you know, basically uh, uh, based on racism. And the racism is classifying people by race, and that pervades the party politics so that Republicans thought, we have to let illegal aliens in so we can get the loyal American Hispanic vote. That's an oxymoron. That's insanity. That's irrational. There's no connection between the loyal American Hispanic vote and the illegal Hispanic aliens any more than there's a connection between uh, white Americans and, and illegal Irish immigrants, <laughs> you know, just, to, just to pick an example. And yet that's what they thought, and they were wrong. You know, the Republicans figured it out a couple of years ago. Democrats still haven't figured it out yet because they're even more on this, uh, you know, this, uh, this blocked voting thing because they look at everybody as a group. They don't look at people as individuals. 
They, they, they couldn't, if they saw three Hispanics, they would think that they all thought the same, whereas you could have three completely different opinions. And that would be normal, actually. All right, abortion, next headline. This was a kneecapper for Republicans. Most of the nation believes in abortion to a certain extent. Republicans celebrated when Roe v. Wade was overturned. It was likely part of our undoing. So, all right, let's talk about that for a minute, too, because this is a fascinating issue. I still do not understand the left's obsession with killing babies. Uh, I don't understand their obsession with late-term abortion. Uh, I understand, well, and we talked about this, uh, something we should probably talk about more. You know, at what point is, is abortion tolerable to you? Are, are you on the extreme end where you say that uh, you don't even want birth control because that prevents human life from being uh, conceived, okay? Are you the type that says, okay, um, you know, morning after pill, if someone really commits a, a mistake, which people do, you know, I'm a, I'm a forgiving person. I understand people make mistakes. Morning after pill, 24, 48 hours later, does that make sense? That makes sense to me, okay? Uh, I, I don't like it, it uh, but you know, there's a difference between what's legal, what's tolerable, what you condone, what you accept, uh, and what you want to make illegal. Uh, abortions, you know, the heartbeat bills, when, when, you know, when a baby becomes a baby, you know, and then those will say, well, it's a baby from the minute of conception. Well, yes, it is. Gray area. Well, that's, that's something that's worth talking about. Um, but abortion of, of anything developing beyond, what, a week? <laughs> you know, uh, any, any baby developing beyond a week? Now you're, getting, now you're getting into much more human life. So in other words, so the question is, do cells feel pain? I think that's what a lot of people consider. When they consider abortion, the, the question is not the legal right of, of, of women to kill babies. The, the, the question is, at what point are we going to be taking, you know, the sort of that, that transition point between cells and recognizable baby life? And that's, that's, that's a hard question. But I think it's something that we need to tackle here uh, as we do. And, and there may not be an answer, but I think it's pretty clear that most people think that uh, birth control should be legal. Uh, late-term abortion should be illegal. And in the middle there's a lot of conversation to, to go on uh, between those that are pro-abortion and those that are pro-life. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I think, though, the Republicans made a fatal error when it came to abortion. Uh, they, they considered abortion itself. Uh, they didn't consider the fact that the Supreme Court made a mistake way back in 1973 with Roe v. Wade. And they should have argued that Roe v. Wade was not a legal Supreme Court decision because the Supreme Court doesn't have the power to grant rights or to make legislation. They never focused on that angle. They focused on abortion itself rather than focusing on the fact that the Supreme Court corrected a mistake. It's not that they overturned the rights. The Democrats won the debate because they said the Supreme Court overturned a right that they granted, you know, back in 1973. No, they didn't. That's not what happened. What the Supreme Court did was correct a mistake, an overstep of powers, an illegal decision by the court in Roe v. Wade. And if the Republicans had framed it as such and kept it an argument of the Supreme Court and not of the fact that uh, states have always had the option to decide whether abortion is legal or not, and at what point, they would have had a much better uh, chance. But they didn't, you know, hey, they didn't talk to me, okay? Again, GOP, if you want better talking points, if you want better arguments, this is your source, Action Radio. All right, so let's go back to the article. It says, conservatives hate abortion and libs love it. Pink-haired, non-binary, freak show chicks have abortion simply because they think they are hurting us. They flout it, again, acceptable collateral damage in the name of, of sticking it to the right. Yeah, this I really don't understand. Is, is uh, women that have abortions just to, uh, to, to try and hurt the right, to try and hurt conservatives? You're not hurting us. You're hurting your future generations, which is kind of weird. But that's what they said. I don't know how people think that way. I just don't. So the article says, libs hate you for your love of God. This is very true. They look down on your praying to what they call a sky wizard. I haven't heard that term before. They think you're dumb. I have heard that. 
Maybe it's time to shut up and let the leftists slaughter their unborn babies. Perhaps we, w- we should say nothing when they take their 13-year-old suddenly trans daughter to get mutilated by a doctor. Why should conservatives continue to care? Uh, I'm sorry, I do care. And this whole, uh, I have a new term that uh, I'm hoping you'll start using. It's not gender-affirming health care. It's Frankenstein medicine. Okay? If, you, if you start terming the, the mutilation of our young folks as Frankenstein medicine, I think you're going to go a lot further in your argument. And that's why I use terms that I think are, are much more effective. The next headline, what have we learned? 75% of the nation believes the country is on the wrong track, yet most of them did little to change things. That's the part that confuses me. Okay? And we've talked about this. You know, I've talked about this throughout this entire show so far. He says, we've learned that liberals will vote for a drooling, open, openly communist, young Frankenstein. <laughs> That's kind of funny he says that. Young Frankenstein Senate candidate who has promised to empty the jails. That would be Fetterman. Uh, in the Loudoun County, Virginia school district, couldn't bring itself to report a transgender, transgender anal rapist to the police. They merely sent him to another school where he assaulted another young girl. That is what we are up against. Perhaps we are the problem. Let's explore that. He says, maybe letting a 14-year-old son of liberals have his penis scalped off is a good thing. We just won't allow our kids to do it. Why do we care if big blue cities are killing, are killing grounds? We can stay out of them. Let the left eat one another. This sort of, I guess that would come under the heading of social Darwinism. If the left wants to abort their babies, kill their people, destroy their cities, you know, and have, uh, uh, have crime problems, should we let them do that? It's an interesting thought. Uh, if you want to talk about that, I don't think that's a good idea uh, because in, in those liberal cities uh, and in those schools, there are victims. There are victims that deserve our protection. Just so if the left wants, if the criminals want to kill each other, that's one thing. But the criminals are not killing each other so much as they're killing you know, the honest, the good people. So what are we going to do for the good people in those cities? Well, the first thing is you let them be armed. Uh, the second thing is you protect the children. Don't let Frankenstein medicine destroy their, their, their entire life. By, by mutilating them with, with surgery and, and hormone pills and things like that. That's what you do. You've got to stand up for that. He says, the problem is this. Communism doesn't stop spreading. The pinkos don't just want Michigan, Pennsylvania, and New York. They want Indiana, Florida, Tennessee, and every red state in the nation. Okay, it's not a red state. That's communism. And every American state in the nation. Commies are never satisfied. He says, the other problem is this. We can't ignore the communists because they're coming after our states, schools, kids, and values. They want it all. I say let them eat each other. Move to a red state, in other words, an American state, open a beer, and watch the Democrat butchery on the news. It's what they want. It's what they just voted for. As my grandfather used to say, F them (laughs) and feed them beans. (laughs) He actually doesn't say the F word, so I'm not going to. Anyway, I says we just need to keep away from We just need to keep it away from us. And he says, what can you do now? What can you do to stop the commie nonsense? Should I say action radio here once again? He says, first and foremost, remain peaceful. I know it's hard to watch miscreants take apart our nation, but getting violent won't solve a thing. Sure, who doesn't want to bounce a meaty fist off a Marxist? But it would actually give the Bolshevs, in other words, the Bolsheviks, the ammo they need to further demonize us. I know it's frustrating having watched the blue-haired trans pansexual freak shows burn the nation down during COVID and now being forced to sit by and watch them dismantle our democracy, which is actually a republic. Got that one wrong. But violence is not the answer here. Second, let them dismantle their own states and neighborhoods. I'm done fighting for the rights of the teen lib who wants to morph his penis into a vagina. Have at it, Dylan. If your parents allow you to swap your genitals, it doesn't concern me anymore. I agree. 
Uh, it does concern me. Okay, I still think it's wrong. I still think we have to fight for it. We have to protect the victims, uh, protect the people that are that are uh, coerced by this into into things that they they might agree to at eleven that they would never agree to at uh, twenty one. You can't do that. You can't do that to the kids. So I disagree with him there. But that's his opinion. If you agree with that, fine. Tell me. He says third, we do not give up. We never stop resisting the commie onslaught. We protect what is ours. We stay informed. We watch and we vote. <laughs> well, we know what happens with that. <laughs> he says, the best way to fight the commies and stay informed is to keep the truth flowing your way. Uh, we know the commies pollute the minds of, the, of their lemming followers with nonsense, but we seek the truth. So there you go. And that's, uh, here's the bio. Kevin Downey Jr. is a comedian. <laughs> it's pretty blunt here. I don't see much comedy in this article. A comedian and, and columnist, when he isn't writing or performing on stage, he is collecting surf records and perhaps practicing his mixologist skills at his tiki bar. There we go. Interesting character. All right. So uh, that's good. Uh, let me play a couple more things and then I'll probably get to one more article and then I'll get to our Project Veritas uh, piece. That was interesting. And that's PJ Media. Again, that's, that's uh, Kevin uh, Downey Jr. I think I've seen him on Fox. Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, wrote this November 9th. So this is the day after election. What happened on election night? I think I have some answers. I think he has a lot of questions. I don't like his answers. But again, that's, uh, that's the difference between uh, those of us with independent minds. We have to think for ourselves. All right, let me play some other stuff here. Be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Hello, this is Greg Pankless for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. 
every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Okay, we're back. I've got one more article to uh, to do here, and this is from my favorite election source, uh, the Gateway Pundit. And so I have some contacts, and we're working on getting uh, getting some Gateway Pundit folks on the show. And so, uh, again, most of what happens at Action Radio is not on the show. This is the easy part. <laughs> I just got to sit here and talk. This is the fun part, right? But uh, the real work, the, the writing of the bills, the working with uh, guests, the, uh, um, the the editing of the bills, the, the promoting of the show, the you know all the little things that go on, the administrative stuff, everything from doing the show notes, all that stuff happens after the show. Uh, between shows, so there's, there's a, you know, this is a 24/7 operation that I have to try and sleep some, sneak some sleep into, which I do actually, and it works out. You know, a little exercise here and there, you know, lunch, things like that. But for the most part, this is, a, you know, this is a full-time 24/7 operation for me. All right, Gateway Pundit, I love it, and don't, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just saying that um, in order to do this properly, uh, anything, you, anything that's going to be done well has to be done intensely. Uh, trust me, Action Radio is done intensely. All right, so Gateway Pundit, we have Jim Hoft, who is the editor. Oh, Joe Hoft, he's the, the twin brother. So Jim, I think, is the creator, editor, and uh, Joe is the twin brother. And they, they pretty much share uh, Gateway Pundit, so they're both equally good at reporting. Uh, this is a story here breaking. They did it again. Two massive unexplained ballot drops gave Gretchen Whitmer the lead in Michigan. They ran a drop and roll in Michigan last night. I'll, I'll explain. Well, this, this sort of explains drop and roll. And uh, I have another article on that, which I'll probably do after my uh, Project Veritas interview. So Joe Hoft, uh, November 9th, uh, 9 p.m. So this would have been, was November 9th Election Day? Or was it uh, the day after? Hang on, let me just check my calendar here. Oh, okay, Election Day was November 8th, so the 9th was yesterday. So this is, this is as of yesterday. Uh, it says it happened again. And again, Joe Hoft, Gateway Pundit. Last night, the 2022 midterms, uh, 20, in the 2020. Let me start again. <laughs> Last night in the 2022 midterms, the infamous drop and roll occurred in the Michigan governor's race, just like it happened in the 2020 presidential election. He says the crooks and criminals stealing U.S. elections are using different tactics. One of the major ways in which the 2020 election for president was stolen was a method the Gateway Pundit identified and labeled the drop and roll. In the drop and roll incidents identified in the 2020 election, we found that around the point where 90% of the expected ballots were returned, a large batch of ballots was dropped with nearly every ballot for Joe Biden. Okay, and we've talked about this, but this is a good explanation of it again. These batches were as large as 330,000 ballots for Biden in Virginia in one single drop. The ballot drops were never questioned or challenged by the Republican officials. How about that? So all those that think that the Republicans oppose election fraud, I get news for you. They are part of it. You know, all of those that think that, and I've talked about this before many times, all of you people who think that the Republicans opposed, you know, Brandon becoming president. No, the Republicans made Brandon president. They made the vote fraud, you know, not count. They made, you know, the, the Trump electors not be considered. You know, who do you think it was that voted, you know, uh, for Brandon? You know, I mean, the Democrats obviously did, but a whole bunch of Republicans did, too. So there was no January 6th challenge. There was no consideration of the Trump electors, which they had to because the state legislatures put them forward. There was uh, absolute complicity, uh, especially for Mike Pence, to put Brandon in office. So don't think for a second that the Republicans, A, don't know that there's vote fraud, and B, want to do anything about it because they don't. 
They hate Trump that much. They hate America that much. They hate America firsters that much. They hate you and me that much. And that's why I don't think, uh, that's why I don't have any faith in them. This is why I decided years ago that it, it's not elections that matter, it's laws. It's not personalities that matter. It's, uh, it's uh, the, the laws that govern us. And changing the laws became much more important than changing the politicians because you're changing the politicians hoping they will change the laws. It doesn't work that way. You have, to, you have to write the laws that you consent to be governed by and get the politicians to change them then and make their vote dependent on it. But if you start with the framework of here are the laws that we want changed, that's an entirely different argument than, oh, please, Mr. and Mrs. Politician, oh, please change the laws that we want because they're not going to because they don't care. Because they're responsible to their donors uh, and they're responsible to their party. They are not responsible to you. So you have to be more important than their party and more important than their donors. And the way that you do that is, is with votes. So the votes have to be so powerful for citizen legislation, for the laws that we consent to be governed by, that we overwhelm the, the donors and the, uh, and the corruption and the party. That's really how it is. You, gotta, you, gotta, you have to make legislators represent the people again and not the parties. And that's the only way to do that is citizen legislation because the parties aren't going to budge otherwise. They're just not. I mean, it's clear to me. It has been for years. All right. Back to the article. Then after that point, this is, this is a, it says the ballot drops were never questioned or challenged by Republican officials. Then after that point, nearly all the batches of ballots recorded in the election from that time forward were in the same ratio of Biden to Trump votes. And Joe Biden always received more ballots than President Trump. These results were not random and clearly not legitimate. Okay. Uh, and then it says, fast forward to last night. It happened again. So those are a little recap. So just to let you know. And you can check. That they've got this documented. They've got this on charts. They've got this on the, on the vote counts as they come in. It's called the drop and roll. And the way it works, once again, there's a big drop, usually 300,000 or so ballots. They drop 300,000 ballots for the Democrat. All right. And then for the rest of the night, the vote is rigged to be slightly more for the Democrat than the Republican. So once they put the Democrat ahead with the drop, then they roll the election out for the entire rest of the time um, with, a, with a ratio that's already guaranteed because they already hacked the election. It's all pre-programmed votes after that point. Okay? So that's how they do it. You know? And it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, easily proven, uh, and easily defeated. And all these people, people would be in jail if we actually had a Republican Party. But since we have a party of geldings, the gelding old party instead of the grand old party, that's what happens. Any questions, let me know. 215-383-3832. I hope that's clear. If you get these articles, which I have on, uh, in the Action Radio group, our legal page, and our special investigations page, part of the Action Radio network, um, then you can see you know, where it is. Or just go to Gateway Pundit. There's many articles in Gateway Pundit that explain this. He says, fast forward to last night. It happened again. Last night on Frank's speech, two separate instances of the drop and roll were recorded in the Michigan governor's race. See, Gretchen Wimmer lost. Michigan, Michiganders aren't that stupid. So the, the, the only way that she could win is if the race is stolen. It's pretty obvious to me. He says, in the Michigan race, there were two batches dropped from Gretchen Whitmer that put her in the lead in the race after she had been trailing for hours. Gee, how did that happen? He says, then all the votes after that point in time were the same ratio. Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> These drops gave Crooked Whitmer the lead and the election. Well, so far. Let's see if it actually gets challenged. So there's a nice chart here below. And you can see a steady, steady stream of votes, you know, um, all the way up. Um, and then you can, just, and you can see the crossover. You can see where, where there's just a huge vote drop uh, for, the, for the Democrat. You know, you get the blue Democrat, red Republican. And so the, I think it was Trudy Tudor, I've forgotten her name, who ran against Gretchen Whitmer. So you look at this chart, it's very clear that there are two instances of a massive vote drop for Gretchen Whitmer. And they have the timestamp, and, and it's right there. You know, you can't miss it. Very, very clear. 
Looks like one at midnight and the other at uh, one at midnight, one at three in the morning. And so after the polls had closed, after everybody had gone home, after basically the um, the, the, the Republican candidate, I think Tudor, uh, was in the lead, you know, uh, then uh, then they switched the vote, <laughs> you know, and there's a big vote drop for for Gretchen Widmer, and uh, and off they went, and then she never looked back, you know. There you go. All right, uh, I think that's it for that article. All right, so it's uh, five after. Let me see what um, what I might do for you now. I think it's time for a musical interlude. I really enjoy my musical interludes. And so I'll have a play a little classical here, and then let's get back. I'll come back with my um, my interview um, from WEBY back in 2017 with Project Veritas. I think you'll find this very, uh, very instructive. So let me find, where's, where do I have my musical selections here? Doo, doo, doo. I got that one. I got that one. It was too long. I played that one yesterday. That one's too long, too. I only have a few of these. So here's, well, actually, I got to put more of these on because <laughs> some of them are too long. Uh, this one will fit. This will put you in a nice mood, and then we'll get to uh, a great interview. See, don't you all feel better now? I do. <laughs> Not only a little classical music to mellow you out. I have more of them. I'm going to, you know, I've got my, my sound thing. I'll, I'll see if I can uh, pop some more on. But every once in a while, it's nice to play a little little something, you know, between uh, between segments here. So that's what I do. i got my news themes. I, got to, I, I love playing with these production things. It's kind of cool. All right. So let's set this up. So back at WBY, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I had the, the, the fortune uh, to be part of a, of a great independent radio station. Uh, I only got to do it for a year and four months, and then it was bought up by another station who promptly told me to go, uh, basically for doing action radio, the same stuff I'm doing here. And so I said, okay, well, I guess uh, you know, that was that. But, uh, but the beauty of being with a, with a radio station uh, is that, you know, like I said, I, I would have stayed at WBY. I retired from there, you know, 30 years later or whatever. It, it, was, it was, you know, the dream job. And uh, we had fun. We had a studio. You know, I had a producer who, who played really great uh, bumper music. You know, we had uh, amazing guests. People dropped in. Kurt, Kurt uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The baseball player. It's not Schuller. Kurt, uh, I can't believe I can't think of it. <laughs> anyway, the, the Hall of Fame baseball pitcher was there. A bunch of guests came in. We did, uh, when we did the, the Creek Tribe Report, uh, Creek Tribe Council, a few of the members showed up. When we did the, uh, some of the other things, the man show, we did about four man shows. And we had a, folks from the first uh, uh, Church of Christ, Pensacola, 
which has, uh, you know, they do a men's workshop every every year and a, a series of, or big, you know, convention, a series of workshops throughout the year. So we got four guys as part of the men's group, and we talk about, you know, man issues. Uh, we had different groups come in. We did a robotics show, which I'll play you. That was one of the funnier ones. We had uh, uh, the, the, the Pensacola Christian Academy uh, came in with their robotics team, and we had actually robot wars in the studio. It was hysterical. Um, one time we did a, a show on uh, uh, drones. And Kevin Weeks, who's a drone expert, brought in a drone. It was actually a drone in front of my face while I'm on the radio. <laughs> he was flying a drone around the studio. Uh, this is the kind of crazy stuff we used to do. It was, it was great. We had a wrestling show. This is a Bill Fecky uh, operation. We had a wrestling show. And we had all these local wrestlers come in. And one guy who was like the Punisher, you know, he wore a mask the whole time. Oh, it was hysterical. You know, and he wouldn't talk. He's wearing a mask, right? And I'm like, dude, this is radio. <laughs> Nobody can see you. So, yes, you're in a mask, but uh, we're not going to appreciate your genius if you don't say something. So he started grumbling. He's like grumbling out something. I didn't know I had to talk. So, there's a microphone in front of your face. What, what did you think it was for? You know, anyway, so uh, I, he was a wrestler. He probably wanted to use it as a weapon. Uh, but anyway, uh, but that, that was the fun that we had at WBY. I mean, weird things happened. Actually, after the drone show, we, we went out back and I learned how to fly a drone. So we met some amazing people. Kurt Schilling. There we go. I'm sorry, Kurt. I can't believe I forgot your name. Um, but it was just incredible that we had the veterans in there. We had uh, just different guests as people were coming through. Uh, didn't have any major political folks. Oh, Matt, oh, that's not true. Matt Gates was in the studio. In fact, I just played that one last time. When I'm literally, he's sitting across from me, sitting three feet away from me. We're in the studio of WBY, and I'm handing him bills. You want to talk about lobbying? That was lobbying, and that was lobbying on the air. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. I, mean, I think we broke so much new ground with WBY that, uh, um, you know, I sort of wonder why they got rid of me. They, we, we'd have a national show now. That would be huge. But, uh, you know, people make decisions, and what are you going to do? And if you're not the boss, that's what happens. Anyway, so I'm lobbying Matt Gates with our citizen legislation. He's sitting right next to me, so I had half an hour because that's how long his town meeting allocation was. So for half an hour, I was lobbying him on these different bills. And so he knows about all our bills. I'm hoping to get him back. So the, the idea is that uh, once the House becomes a Republican House, that uh, the Republicans can actually file bills, submit bills, and get them considered in Congress. And even if they don't uh, get passed because Brandon is going to veto them, sometimes it takes bills a couple of times to go through to actually get passed. And so that's what I'm hoping is that he will uh, come back to the show. Uh, we can, I can lobby him directly. You know, he won't be sitting next to me because that's not where I broadcast anymore. Um, but uh, at least he'll be, be listening, which is just as good. He'll have the bills, you know, which I send him, you know, you know, email, uh, and any other member of Congress that wants to uh, get involved in this, uh, then away you go. So this interview, so just, uh, again, it's going to have some WEBY phone numbers. Our phone number here, 215-383-3832. Ignore that. Ignore the WEBY call signs. Ignore all those things uh, that are not uh, directly related to the show here. And our guest was a little quiet, so you may have to uh, turn up the volume a bit. Uh, Richard Varney, I've forgotten his first name, but anyway. Uh, so Mr. Varney of Project Veritas, he was the executive director at the time. I want to get him back on. I want to get all these folks back on. But here's a great look into Project Veritas, vote fraud, and all the investigations they did as we play a classic interview from June 21st of 2017 from my old station, WEBY. This has been Mastodon. So many things going on. But I have a guest. <laughs> Action Radio Hour here, Greg Penglis. It is 8.06 in the morning, 1330 WEBY. Uh, let's get right to it. Let's introduce our guest. He is the executive director of Project Veritas, the organization founded by James O'Keefe that specializes in hidden camera investigations. Our guest is a former political consultant 
has been working side-by-side with James O'Keefe for the last three years. Please welcome the Executive Director of Project Veritas, Mr. Russell Verney. Hey, hey, Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on your program. It's a, a, a pleasure to be on and an honor to visit with your listeners. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to have you here. I've wanted to get you guys on for a while. And so it's because I, I've, I've looked in the organization. I remember the ACORN uh, investigations you did. You do some wonderful work. But you just happened to have walked into a, a firestorm of activity. We've got a little tropical storm going on right now. Probably heard about uh, Cindy kind of crossing over the Gulf waters here. So that's happening. We, have a, we just had an amber alert locally, and I'm trying to save the uh, Bayview Cross in Pensacola, and that just made national news. So it's busy. A lot of cool things are going on. And anyway, so I was researching. I asked for a couple of topics to kind of get me started researching your organization, um, but then I found like 12 more I want to talk about too. So there's a lot of things I want to get to today while I have you here. First and foremost, let's talk about what Project Veritas is, what you do, how it kind of came about, so folks get an idea of, uh, of where you are. Project Veritas is a nonprofit organization. We rely upon donations from your listeners and folks all over the country in order to do our work. And it started back in 2009. Uh, James O'Keefe uh, uh, and a, a woman went around to a lot of uh, ACORN offices. Those were local uh, organizing committees, uh, uh, local action organizing committees that the government contracted with to help uh, find housing for low-income people. And James and this woman went around pretending to be a pimp and uh, a prostitute. I remember this is so cool. They, they, were, they were trying to get government support to, open, to to find housing where they could run a brothel for underage girls. Yeah. Um, and they they not only got advice on how to get housing, and they went to multiple offices of Acorn around the country. Yep. They got advice of, well, you should bury the money in a tin can in the backyard so you don't have to pay taxes on it. They got all kinds of advice from Acorn. Well, it created a firestorm, and Congress even took the issue up. And Acorn was funded by the federal government to the tune of about $2 billion a year. Wow. Uh, they lost all of their funding and was shut down. That led to other investigations, and James has got a philosophy for Project Veritas that we're here to expose uh, uh, unethical, illegal, immoral, uh, inappropriate, uh, self-dealing acts of public officials and government agencies primarily, but we do take on some private organizations also. Um, So we have uh, conducted investigations since uh, officially starting in 2010, uh, that have dealt with a lot of different uh, uh, state and, and federal agencies, but we focus a lot on voter fraud. And one of the things we did, we had a, a young white man go into the District of Columbia voting place mm-hmm. and uh, asked if they had the uh, ballot for uh, Eric Holder. I remember this. I, I know it's coming. Oh, I do. Yeah, this is a great story. He, he was the Attorney General of the United States at the time. He happened to be African-American, black. Uh, oh, he still so is, by the, the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so the uh, I'm sorry. poll worker was w- willing to give him the ballot. Now, we yeah. don't ever take somebody's ballot because that's illegal. We right. Just, we, we just get right up to the line of where they will give it to us and then say, well, I've got to go out to my car for a minute. Um, uh, but... Uh, Eric Holder and the Democrats were opposed to voter identification, but Eric Holder had a picture of himself posted at all polling places in the District of Columbia, so nobody would ever be able to get his ballot again. 
Uh, he believed in voter identification for himself, but not for everyone else. But as a result of a lot of these investigations around the country, about nine states passed laws requiring voter identification in order to cut down on the voter fraud that's going on. Uh, then uh, in 2014, we did a voter fraud investigation where James went to numerous polling places throughout the state and asked for ballots of people who were dead. Uh, people, who, well, they weren't. We don't know that they were dead. They were what were called lapsed voters. They hadn't voted in like eight years or more. Okay. And they were willing to give them the the, the ballots in like 20 of them. So we had a, a picture of a bus. And we keep filling up seats in the bus with images of James every time he got the got a got off at a ballot. <laughs> uh, it just proved that you know anybody can go in and claim that they're uh, um, uh, somebody else and vote on their behalf. And, um, it I think our voter fraud issues culminated in 2016 when we were conducting about a year long investigation into uh, uh, the dirty tricks operation of the Democratic Party. Yep. Um, and uh, one of the people we interviewed, a guy by the name of Scott Vogel, up in Wisconsin, was telling us how they bust people into the state. And, of course, everybody's on the lookout for buses now, so they've switched to rental cars. And he was explaining that they've been doing this for 50 years and getting away with it. So people may think there's no voter fraud out there, but there is voter fraud. It just isn't prosecuted. That's why uh, we we don't know about it occurring. Uh, I think when we were in Michigan doing an, uh, uh, requesting ballots throughout the state in Michigan, um, including Eminem's ballot, uh, uh, we what had the rest of us for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just uh, one that would be popularly known. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, you know, we there was a, a debate going on in the state about whether or not to have voter ID. So everybody that was uh, uh, a high-level pu- public official that was opposed to voter ID, we went and got their ballot. Yeah. Uh, show how easy it is. Well, the the uh, state up there put out a statement that uh, you know they've never had a prosecution for voter fraud, and that's exactly the point. They don't prosecute anybody for voter fraud. Uh, so, of course, you've got no record of voter fraud occurring if they never prosecute it, uh, but it does occur. So uh, we've had a, a, a great uh, number of stories about voter fraud in many states throughout the country, and it starts with voter registration. It's, it goes on to um, uh, voter turnout and offering uh, people, whether they're uh, homeless, uh, a lunch, or um, the, the opportunity to go vote and be rewarded for their vote, uh, either financially or materially. Um, and and we, we've proven over and over again that it occurs, uh, but yet we keep getting the uh, uh, claim from the mainstream media and uh, uh, certain public officials that voter fraud doesn't exist. It does. To what extent? Uh, I, I can't say that it's... Uh, um, determine the outcome of any elections, but it certainly could have because we don't have the evidence to determine that. Yeah. We need a good, solid investigation. 
Well, I got some friends in uh, California. I'm going to give you my email hasn't been working this morning, so I haven't been able to uh, send them out to you, but I will probably as soon as the show is over. We've covered a bunch of topics. I want to kind of go back and, and, and get a little more in-depth into some of these, um, particularly, let's start back at ACORN again a little bit. Do you remember what ACORN, what that stands for and what their, their job was? The, the AC, it was an acronym for something. Yeah, it was, uh, I forget what the A was, the Community Organizing Network. Okay. Now, the uh, president, former president, ex-president Obama, he was a community organizer. Right, so, and he was associated with ACORN at one point. Uh, um, I mean, ACORN was nationwide. It was in right. every community, and if you needed help with utility bills or um, housing or whatever, they were the community outreach or the government to, right. to provide you with assistance and guidance to the federal agencies to help you. Yeah. So, yeah, they, 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 they're the backbone of uh, community organizing throughout the country. And uh, it, it was a place where uh, it's alleged, at least, that during uh, uh, the lull between elections, that's where campaign staff were parked so they could have continued income until the next election uh, came along. Okay. Did they do voter registration as well? I don't recall if they did voter registration um, because... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I simply don't recall. Only because that would be a great way for vote fraud. If they're already doing fraudulent businesses and fraudulent tax schemes that they're helping you with and all the other fraudulent stuff they were doing, the economic side of it, why not do it on the vote side? It would make sense that as you're talking to people, you know, especially if you want to register illegal aliens, which I know happens. Uh, I was from, spent a lot of time in California, and there's no way that the, those vote totals you know, are just the, the people that are, are legally entitled to vote. Uh, because they make yeah. it so easy with the with the Department of Motor Vehicles and everything else. But, uh, yeah, so but, you, go ahead. But, but, but voter registration is governed by state laws, so okay. it varies from state to state as who's deputized or authorized to register voters. So I just simply don't know if ACORN was involved in any of that in any no, that's of the okay. states. They were replaced by another organization, weren't they? Or is it completely? Well, not... They're sort of coming back under different names and different okay. communities, but it's it's essentially the same people and same operation to a great extent. But um, there hasn't been one national organization that's replaced them. Okay, it's a lot of different ones. Are the local ones being funded again? Government funded? Yes, uh, somebody's got to do this work for the federal government. Okay. Uh, um, which is the outreach in the neighborhoods to bring people in. Hmm. Uh, so they are getting funding, but they're, they're, they're different. They're, they're a different name, if not a different constituency, okay. from uh, Acorn. Yeah, it just seems like you do this great work to expose this organization, and then they break it up, and then they come back. And, and the thing is, you almost have to be constantly vigilant to make sure they're not going to do the same thing again. Instead of under one big, you know, company that everybody knows about, a whole bunch of smaller organizations uh, in the different states. Um, That's one of the yeah. things about reform activists is that okay. you can bring about change, but if you stop your vigilance, the system is going to snap back to where it was before the change, back yeah. to its bad ways. So. You not only have to expose the problem and motivate people to resolve the problem, but then you have to stay vigilant to see that it uh, uh, doesn't just come, come back in a different shape or form. Yeah. Um, you're a native New Yorker, I take it, right? Oh, no, I'm uh, originally from Boston. Oh, I thought I heard a New York accent in there. Okay, I was just curious. So you're, you're headquartered up in New York. Correct. Project yeah. Veritas, headquartered in New York and. uh uh, we have undercover uh, reporters that are all over the country okay. uh, doing uh, investigations in lots of different areas. And 
Um, yeah. you know, we used to do very short-term uh, investigations, spend a couple of days in there. Now we spend months in uh, infiltrating and penetrating into organizations to uh, get in de- more in-depth stories. Yeah. Um, as much as you can tell me, I'm, I'm hesitant to ask you questions because I, I don't want to, you know, inadvertently say, hey, I've got a great idea for you, and you're already doing it. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being cautious of what I'm asking. So let me know. If you can't say something or if you want to change the subject, just let me know because I, I don't want sure. to impinge on any investigation. But what exactly does an investigative reporter do for you? How, how do you actually do what you do without giving away, you know, secrets? Well, it's... Um it's it's really just a lot of hard work okay. uh, putting the time and effort into it. Now, let's say that we wanted to uh, in, investigate, uh, um, oh, say, your radio station. Say okay. you wanted to, wanted to investigate. I'm uh, game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to investigate WBY. Okay. Uh, what we would do is send, uh, if we didn't have anybody in the uh, community down there that had told us there was something going on, that they're spiking news stories, they're slanting it. Uh, if well, we do slant the news. We're a conservative station. I slant it as much as I can. Yeah. But, I, but I'm open but about we, it. I'm not hiding it. But, right. But if we didn't have somebody giving us a tip, if we just felt that there was something wrong with that station, what we'd do We'd send somebody down, and perhaps they'd go in and say, "Can I see the news director? I, I got a tip. I want to talk to him about." We get to meet people and talk them up, and then find out where they go for social activities afterwards, and run into them at a social activity. The best place we can find people is at a conference. Okay. Because, uh, when when people are at a conference, they don't know everybody that's at the conference, and they're they're trying to meet people and network with people at the conference, and occasionally alcohol gets involved, so tongues get loosened. In vino so, veritas, which is part of your you slogan. Go. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Go ahead. But back to going into uh, WEBY, right. uh, we, would, we would try to find out who the principals are in the, in the uh, station, try to locate them socially and, and have uh, lunch with them or a cup of coffee at Starbucks or something, get friendly, mm-hmm. get some leads out of them as to who's making the editorial decisions and, um, and, and get them on an undercover camera giving us these uh, uh, leads and telling us what their view is of what's going on at the station. And then we would try to uh, get an introduction to the persons making these decisions on behalf of the station and uh, w- work them into a... Uh, uh, a conversational situation where they will uh, candidly discuss what they're doing, not knowing that they're being uh, recorded with an undercover camera at the time. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because we're going to take a break right now. But I'm curious because I know you've run into some lawsuits and problems with with filming people undercover. But I want to just go into the the legality of what you can and can't do uh, as much as you can tell us. And let's do that in a little bit. Eight twenty one here. My guest Russell Verney, executive director of Project Veritas. We'll be right back. Yes, he's out. The world's greatest producer has come through once again with the appropriate music. Russell, welcome back. Thank you. We do have fun here. Well, we're kind of chuckling at the thought of being investigated uh, here because the, the news director for my show is me. The writer for this show is me. Uh, editorial director, that's kind of like me. <laughs> 
<laughs> wouldn't be a good cast to do it with. But uh, legal aspects of, of undercover videotaping, what, what are some of the constraints and, and problems that you have to operate under? Uh, that's a huge area that we deal with every day. Okay. We have uh, attorneys that advise us on the right to do undercover recording, which is essentially falls under wiretapping laws. It's different in each of the 50 states. Uh, there are some states like Maryland and Massachusetts and maybe even Pennsylvania that you're well advised not to do undercover reporting. And, in fact, in Maryland and Massachusetts, it's illegal to even own uh, re- devices that are uh, designed for undercover recording. Oh, wow. Um, it, it, Florida is a little different in that uh, the basic law requires that both all parties to a conversation agree to the recording before you can record. Okay. Unless there are some exceptions. And that's where we deal is in the, in the exceptions. And that's where litigation comes from. People that believe that you, uh, you, you didn't have a right to record them. Uh, but before we do a, an investigation, we plan out what we would like to do. We run that past our attorneys who specialize in the First Amendment and the right to re- do undercover recording. Uh, they never tell us we can't do something. They tell us how we can do something and stay legal. I like your we lawyers. Brief, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We brief our undercover journalist of how it has to be done mm-hmm. and impress upon them that they've got to stick to that script because if they go off the script, then they could run afoul of the law. And they're very good at, at staying to the script. Then after we've got the recording, uh, and we start putting together a video, we run it by the attorneys one last time before we publish it to make sure that they agree that we complied with uh, all of their guidance of how to do the recording. Interesting. Uh, now, that doesn't mean we don't get sued over it, because you can sue anybody for anything, and there's lots of reasons to sue people. Uh, but you know you're having an impact if somebody's suing you. Oh, I think you're doing great work when that happens. Yeah, You mentioned yeah. Um, Democracy Partners. They have a lawsuit against you right now, right? They do. They just filed a lawsuit. Now, Democracy Partners, for the benefit of your uh, listeners, is uh, a a group of Democratic consultants, and one of them, the head of uh, Democracy Partners, Bob Creamer, was sort of the ringmaster for the dirty tricks of the Democratic Party during the 2016 election, and uh, uh, ran the cabal of dark money. Uh, going in or, or illegal coordination between the campaign, the DNC, the White House, and nonprofit organizations about uh, influencing the outcome of an election. So we actually were embedded for about a year there. Uh, we had as many as eight reporters working on that story. We released the stories in uh, around September, October of 2016, and we've now been sued by Democracy Partners saying that the intern that volunteered in their office and got a lot of information, mm-hmm. uh, somehow had a fiduciary responsibility to the company what? not to release any information, and they never required her to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, so, do they have a contract on that? You've you got to do that stuff yeah. ahead of time. You can't come back afterwards and say, oh, by the way, you know, we, yeah. we understood a contract that didn't exist when you were hired. Yeah, well, she was never hired. So. Oh, they, <laughs> she, was she was a, a volunteer? volunteer? Even better. Yeah. yeah. Strictly, strictly a volunteer. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... You know you had an impact. Well, Bob Creamer, who had a contract with the Democratic National Committee in the, in the Clinton campaign at mm-hmm. the time we released that story, 
had to resign from both of those contracts. Uh, one of his associates, Scott Fovel, that we uh, exposed, talking about all the history of the dirty tricks of the Democratic Party, yep. he was fired by his, the nonprofit he worked for. Yeah. So you know you have an impact. And, and, and they're not suing us saying that anything in our video was wrong. They're suing us for peripheral issues around our videos. Uh, same when you get sued for defamation. They're not saying that what what we recorded is wrong. They they, they try to claim it's out of context, but the whole context <laughs> is right there in the video. Exactly. For defamation suits, the best defense is that it's the truth. So. Well, that was that was just such fabulous work because I think I didn't know. I mean, I had a little bit of an idea, but I don't think people had any clue just how much these folks were dirty tricks. They talk about Nixon having the, the dirty tricks committee and things like that with Donald Segretti going way back to Watergate days. But now you advanced to this campaign. They were paying people to show up to rallies. I think they were inspiring violence. And I think if I remember the, some of the recordings, Robert Creamer was bragging that he could get anybody to do anything. You know, they, they'd, uh, they'd scream questions out. They'd harass things. They get thrown out on purpose. They do anything they could, and they would bust people in, and uh, you know, so all this stuff was going on, and people had no clue this was going on. Um, were they with the George Soros thing? Were they bringing the buses in? Was there a connection there with this, or or is that a separate issue? We haven't proven the George Soros connection yet. I mean, we, we we've suspected that there are connections to some of the organizations associated with him, mm -hmm. but we 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 did not. Uh, get deep enough in on that side of it to prove it. Hmm. Um, you know, if your listeners want to go see any of these reports there, yeah. we have two websites because part of our work is non-political, part of it could be deemed political, so to, to err on the safe side, that that could be deemed political we put on a separate website. You can give and those that, both out now if you want. All right. The, the main website is projectveritas.com. Veritas is V-E-R-I-T-A-S, Latin for truth, projectveritas.com. And you can go there and give us tips if you have them. You can uh, um, look at job opportunities. You can look at all of our reports there. Uh, the other one where you'll find, like, democracy partners and uh, things that border on uh, political issues is projectveritasaction.com, projectveritasaction.com and projectveritas.com. You can see some of the great reports we've released over the years. And, uh, Gary, we, 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 we just hired uh, about 14 more undercover investigators, put them through an extensive training program, and we'll be launching lots more stories in the future, Greg. Yeah, well, feel free to get in touch with me anytime. I want to be part of the network because, uh, you know, I, I find this whole thing quite fascinating. What uh, what makes a good investigative reporter, and, and where should people go if they want to uh, to do this? How do they get in touch with you again for that? Uh, anybody interested in doing undercover reporting for us can go to projectveritas.com, and right on the website there's uh, uh, employment opportunities, projectveritas.com. And what it takes is a lot of courage, uh, because you're going to go out in public. It's not like being a reporter for, uh, say, WEBY, where you've got a microphone, you stick it in somebody's face, they know you from the radio station, you ask them what the, your question is, and they give you their canned response. What you're going to have to do in, in Project Veritas is adopt a false name, uh, a false identity. You're going to have to have a reason uh, that, that isn't, you know, your real life reason for being in that uh, location talking to that person. 
so again, going back to uh, in, investigating WEBY, we might go in as uh, uh, an, an advertisement salesman for uh, a media company that doesn't exist. Oh, okay. And we're using a false name. So you've got to walk in and essentially lie to people about who you are and why you're there and then gain their confidence and get them to open up and tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, trepidation that comes in when you go to do that. Uh, it takes a certain amount of courage and uh, willingness to be an actor uh, of sorts, um, and then uh, patience to follow it and let the story uh, unwind itself over days, weeks, and months. Uh, to you get to the whatever the goal is that you were looking for originally, or to the end of the story. Yeah, you almost uh, have to have a private life too, because you guys, do, do people have like covers? <laughs> yeah, we 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 have to give them. Uh, they have to develop their their uh, um, persona for each investigation, because it may get blown in yeah. uh, you know one investigation. So. Uh, and it may not work well for the next one. The name might be okay, but the backstory of uh, working for an ad agency may not work in the next story. So, interesting. Uh, we, we have to develop names and, and backstories for each investigation for each reporter. Uh, and the private life they want to keep separate because uh, um, you know they they, they don't want to be uh, outed every time they go to do an investigation. <laughs> yeah. So are you, you're looking for career investigators then, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So um, private eye people, if it, if that doesn't quite work out, then like private eyes might make a good, you know, place to draw from, or or theater people, or journalism majors, or any of those things. I I, I hate to say that there's one uh, uh, skill or, or experience that's better than others because we've found people that are, you know, college kids that are, have been working on a. Uh, student newspaper that have got that kind of uh, courage and vision. Okay. Uh, we've found retired uh, undercover police officers. We've found housewives. We've found um, uh, computer programmers. They, they come from all walks of life. Interesting. Uh, and and it, it, it's just the individual as opposed to the, the, the experience, their dedication to it, and their willingness to take the risk. Wow. So many things to talk about. I've got issues. I want to talk, get into the college campus problems. Uh, I think Disrupt J20, that's one of your topics. I don't know what that's about. I'm kind of curious. I want to know about if you're doing anything with the Russia thing with the, the Democrats. Is that just another dirty trick that extended from you know the, the Creamer investigation before the whole deep state thing? i got so many questions for you, but we have to take a break. I'll give you those to think about, and we'll be back in a little bit. 836 with my special guest, Russell uh, Verner of uh, Executive Director of Project Veritas. One way or another. Oh, yeah. So, Russell, do you have uh, <laughs> your theme songs like we do? I got your name wrong, too. It's Russell Verney. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I think I goofed it on last time, so, yeah. Hey, just quickly, because uh, we're doing a thing, we're trying to, get, uh, we're trying to save a cross here. The American Humanist Society. Uh, if I were doing an investigation, I'd be curious as to, you know, why they want to destroy Christianity and this symbol. They say it's because it's just not fair to people, but I think there's got to be some other reason that's going on to it. You ever look at anything like that? Um, we look at lots of things, yes. And, you know, there isn't always a story there that we can publish, but we mm -hmm. do look at lots of things like that. Yeah. Uh, 
American Humanist Society, you said? Yeah, they're they're trying to get rid of the, the cross here at uh, Pensacola at uh, the Bayview Park, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a big church service Sunday uh, at 6 p.m. We're gonna, it's already national news, and we're going to try and uh, make something of, of that to try and save that cross. And so, but I was just curious because, you know, I'm always, motivations are, are of a big interest to me. So why does the American Humanist Society feel that they have to take down all the crosses, you know, in the country? Why, uh, you know, why, you know, what's going on, uh, like I said, this Russia thing, is it that whole fake story? Why are they trying to disrupt the entire Trump administration? Um, anything going on that you can tell me about looking into the, the, you know, Obama's operations, the deep state, as they call it, or this whole fake Russia story to try and overturn the Trump administration? Any, any motivations, scandals, things like that that might be in brewing? Well, we have lots of things in the works, Greg. Uh, we we have uh, investigators, like I say, we just hired 14 new ones, so okay. uh, added to our existing staff. They're now pretty much spread out from border to border and coast to coast. Wow. Uh, looking into all kinds of things. And, okay. and typically they're not just working on one story at a time. Uh, they, they they look into three or four at a time and see which one becomes uh, more likely to produce uh, something newsworthy. Um, so we, we have the ability to look into government uh, activities, political activities. And, you know, when, like with Democracy Partners, when mm-hmm. we did that, uh, Project Veritas Action.com investigation. Um, we we followed up after the election with Disrupt J20, which was dis- uh, it, it was groups of people that yeah, were that? planning to yeah. yeah they were planning to disrupt the inauguration of Donald Trump on uh, January 20th. Okay. Therefore, the name Disrupt J20 that they went by, but it was. A, a, a group of many or, uh, small organizations that were all doing um, uh, activities to, to disrupt it and trying to coordinate their activities, very much like what's going on today with this Antifa movement around the country to mm-hmm. uh, uh, stop uh, certain policies. And um, So we were embedded way into uh, the J-20 disrupt J-20 operation back right after the election, and we came across this group of people sitting in a restaurant. It happened to be that uh, pizza restaurant that became famous during the campaign, the very same place, and um, they were sitting there talking uh, in front of our undercover reporter, who they didn't know was undercover, about uh, illegal activities for one of the balls coming up on Inauguration Day. They were going to put stink bombs in the ventilator system, and then they were, which could have caused uh, harm. Oh, sure. Uh, They they were going to chain uh, uh, certain subway cars to tie up the uh, subway system at the same time there was... uh, uh, activity to block streets in the city uh, and disrupt all transportation. There were other activities they were planning. So, uh, you know, this wasn't just uh, protest. This was violence. So we felt we had to report it to the task force in Washington, D.C., uh, because people could be badly injured as a result of this. We did report it, and three of the planners eventually pled guilty to criminal charges in that matter. Um, and we were able to prevent uh, what we think could have been a very serious situation for 
hundreds, if not a thousand people at a ballroom. Yeah. It seems like this is a continuation of what was started earlier. You had the Robert Creamer thing. You had the dirty tricks that were going on with the campaign. People were paid to attack Trump supporters, and we had that kind of violence. Then it, then it moved to uh, the election. Then it moved to the inauguration. And now it's moved to this, this kind of like fake Russian narrative. Now we've got this, this huge Mueller commission with somebody who's, you know, Comey, FBI Director Comey's bud. Uh, he's staffed it with, with completely... Uh, partisan Democrat donor hacks. You know, it's not going to be an impartial investigation. Are all these connected that you know? I mean, w- w- do you have any theories on that? Um, it, you know, connected gives a little too much credibility to the ability to plan. You know, okay. I don't think our government has that. Uh, even many of these operatives have that ability to plan. I think what you have is a lot of disparate attempts that eventually, as they as they start getting traction. Mm-hmm. Um, be, be, create coalitions of uh, other uh, 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 disruptive organizations come in and help them uh, move forward their investigation or their uh, uh, attempted disruption. So somebody gets a good idea, gets a little traction, and, and then pretty soon they're a mob instead of just a small group. Okay. And that's what I think goes on with a lot of these uh, investigations and that's what gives us the opportunity because we don't have to get in. Let's let's take the Mueller situation if if we wanted to, not that we are. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to investigate him, we probably couldn't get to Mueller, and we may not be able to get to his That's top Mueller. There we go. Yeah. yeah. But we we could get to uh, some of these other groups that are coming into a system and through them oh. find out what's going on. So uh, yeah, the the. the I don't know if there's a grand plan. I think wherever a weakness is exposed, there's a mob scene rushes in to to exploit it, and that's what gives us opportunities to go investigate. Yeah, Mueller, I think I was pronouncing it Mueller, but Mueller, that's an interesting thing. Well, Washington, if you want to know what's going on, you hang out in the bars and restaurants, particularly the bars, you know, so, and the other place is golf courses. So, so if you become caddies, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's where you find out the good stuff. It's not done in, in the legislature. It's not done in the offices. It's certainly not done in the open. I mean, all this stuff is, is arranged ahead of time. I did a little internship in Washington and got some incredible insights. I want to talk a little bit about the, the Antifa group, the, the so-called anti-fascists who are behaving like fascists. And as I call them, the, you know, from brown shirts to black shirts, you know, or black hoods, uh, these people are downright dangerous. They're throwing bricks. They're pepper spraying people. You know, they're, they're destroying property. I had the um, president of the Berkeley College Republicans on um, after, the, after the Milo speech. And so this is a serious group of people, and they don't realize that they're just like the brown shirts of Nazi, Nazi Germany in the 30s. What, what, do you, what do you think of this group? Well, I think several of us remember the, uh, uh, I think it was a World Trade Committee meeting up in uh, Northwest uh, Oregon, Washington, a few years ago, and the riots in the streets. Oh, yeah. This is an outcrop of that where you're getting... Uh, we believe paid professional agitators okay. uh, who are well equipped with their black masks and outfits. Yeah, they and are. They're they're organized. It's, 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 a, it's a you know it's almost like an attack mob. It's almost like a little army there. Yeah, and they're free to travel around the country to mm-hmm. uh, uh, create these disturbances. So somebody's paying their travel and their lodging and their stipend, um, and they seem to be the same faces. We've discovered. Uh, by accident, several of the people we found that disrupt J20, those planning to disrupt the 
uh, Trump inauguration, mm-hmm. we found them throughout the country in uh, new Antifa uh, organizations. So uh, it, it's the same group of instigators that, that are putting together these activities in various cities uh, that have sort of modeled on the old uh, protest up in the northwest at the trade meeting there. I remember uh, that. It was the, the uh, what was it called, Wall Street something or other, or... Uh... The, the yeah. 99% or whoever they were. Yeah, I, I don't recall the name, but yeah. it, 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 it's a spinoff from all of that. Uh, and they keep learning from every time they have uh, one of these activities of how to do it better in the future. You know, some cities now are prohibiting these protesters from wearing their black masks. And, of course, once they have to expose their faces, they all disappear into the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like cockroaches. <laughs> it's kind of how it works out. Uh, a couple of things so, to talk about. We've got to take one more break, but if you want to talk about, in fact, I'll open up to you whatever you want to talk about, but I, I'm curious about, you've got teachers who are beating students and they're protected by their unions. You've got that great scene you did where James O'Keefe dresses up as Osama bin Laden and crosses the border. You know, any of these things are fair game to talk about. Uh, and we'll be back in just a little bit. 849, my special guest here is Russell Verney, the Executive Director of Project Veritas. Feel free to call us, too, 623-1330. Uh, if you want to join, help, uh, contribute, uh, anything like that, and we'll be right back. Some like like spy music or something like that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <clears throat> anyway, Adog, the world's greatest producer, always coming through with, with interesting stuff. I got one more question for you, just before uh, I totally open up to you, uh, Russell. Uh, the Clinton uranium scandal. This is, I think, being covered up by this whole Russia election fraud thing. Uh, I'm curious, Clinton Foundation, are they coming back? You know, is was this a money thing? Is the money still out there somewhere? Are, is this nuclear material going to end up on North Korean missile, you know, weapons? You know, what's, uh, is anything thinking, what's your thinking on that whole scandal, and is it worth investigating? Well, I think it's certainly worth investigating. It's not something that we have been able to make a report on. Okay. Um, we did uh, look at the Clinton Foundation a year, year and a half ago, and um, tried to uh, penetrate it, but uh, got shut down before we were able to put together a newsworthy story on it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's plenty there for investigators, but those, are, those, those type of investigations require somebody with subpoena power okay. uh, in order to get to the bottom of that sort of uh, thing. You lose lips. It might get you an indication of the problem there, but uh, the proof of the matter is going to require subpoena power. Hmm. Okay. So what's, uh, what, you, what investigations or what things do you, do you, that we haven't talked about that you think we should cover? Well, I think James uh, O'Keefe, the president of Project Veritas, and again, people, if they have tips or if they want to make donations or uh, check out any of our reports, it's www.projectveritas.com. That's our main site, projectveritas.com. Some of the more political ones, like the Democracy Partners, are on projectveritasaction.com. But uh, James, I think, uh, kicked off this year uh, saying that one of the things we're going to investigate is the mainstream media. There you go. Uh, 
you know, we, we hear about fake news and out there. Wouldn't it be interesting to be able to sit in the editorial board meeting every day of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, the uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, just sit in the editorial meeting every day that decides what the stories are that are going to be covered and why? Um that, I, that would be uh, phenomenal information, I think. I think it would be fascinating. And I'd love to get that report, the fake news report, because I want to start doing news videos. I'm looking for a little news crew to put together. I tried making some blatantly conservative newscasts before, but if I could broadcast on YouTube the fake news before the fake news comes out, wouldn't that be fun? We've got to talk. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you my contact information. I'll let you know when the videos are being produced. But, yeah, I don't see any reason. If, if That would be a fascinating pipeline to get that out there. And I could broadcast it over conservative you know, networks, and we'll go from there and say, here's the fake news. And then the media comes out with the fake news. We already beat them to it because <laughs> you got people yeah, yeah. on their editorial boards. Oh, we've got to talk, Russell. We, we definitely have to talk. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've got dozens of investigations. Under underway, and of okay. course, I don't want to uh, alert any of these uh, organizations, groups, individuals. Or well, I'm past investigations. Looking, but you know, you know James made a very public statement that the media was going to be a target this year. So cool. Um, I'm, I, I feel comfortable releasing that information. Yeah, and let's, let's talk about some of your past successes. What, how, how secure is the border now compared to when uh, James O'Keefe dressed up as Osama bin Laden? You should go over that story. That's a classic. Well, uh, James uh, went down to the Rio Grande River, the border between Texas and Mexico, and went to a sort of an isolated area that was, uh, just a few miles from Highway 10, which crosses the country. I think it goes through your area down there, too, um, Interstate 10. Yep. And uh, he showed how easy it is just to walk across the Rio Grande but if you don't like to get your feet wet, there's an old iron little walking path across the river, you know, above the river. It's only uh, you know, two feet wide or so. Uh, but you can walk across the river on this uh, iron bridge if you want. Um, and, and, and then there was a wall that uh, he showed that had been built there. And he's standing there with the sheriff. And the wall stretches from here, and they pan from one end. And they pan about 30 feet, and it goes all the way to here. <laughs> just <dance. laughs> and there's funny. nothing after it. Wow, we're just about out of time, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. You know, the thing, if, just in the last closing seconds here, I want to let you know if you can't investigate sanctuary cities. I want to know where the money is. I want to know why these people are defying their own country and favoring illegal aliens above, uh, above us here. And all I can do now with the time remaining is thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Greg, thank you for having me on. It's been a, an honor to visit with you, Liz. Well, thank you so much, and we'll get you back. And I got Yeah, that's how it ended. <laughs> it just ended. Um, so when I got these from WBY, I was fortunate enough, and, and I think smart enough, unfortunately, um, to get all these wonderful recordings so I can play them for you now. Because they didn't have podcasts. The, those shows weren't podcasts there. I think they were in the, the, the later months when I was there, but certainly not in the beginning. Uh, so the only way you can hear these is the fact that I put them on my computer. And now putting them on podcasts here for everybody to enjoy. So we're back to uh, real time here. We're back to November 10th, I believe it is. Hang on, let me check my calendar. Uh, yeah. And so let me play something for you and get right back to one more article. And then Juliet Ramos is going to join us in just a few minutes at the top of the hour. So uh, uh, we, were, we were sort of chatting a little bit during the time that I was playing the Project Veritas recording from back in 2017. Um, I want to get him back.
And they really do. And in fact, I'm hoping to uh, connect with them so that once they do an investigation, if corrective legislation is needed, then we would be the ones to write it, you know, working with them directly. And then, of course, with their much larger operation, they could help lobby it. You know, as they as they present things on national media, they can say, well, here's our investigation and, and here's the solution. So that's that's another place I want to go uh, as we grow here at Action Radio. All these things are being worked on. Just, you know, it just takes time. Anyway, uh, be right back. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. See the fun we have here? This <laughs> is such a good time. All right. Um, I'm going to play one more of my things here because I, these are just way too much fun. Yes, back with another story. Dayline. Yeah, I'm going to see if my voice is coming over them because I might do a little uh, spiels on top of uh, this. Uh, I got another story. This one just came out 10 hours ago from Emerald Robinson. Uh, Emerald Robinson's The Right Way. You'll find it on uh, Substack. And she says, Fox News leads the uniparty push for DeSantis over Trump. There was something that happened. Uh, everybody's uh, recording and or everybody's replaying uh, DeSantis' speech from uh, election night. And if you listen, depending on which, which part of the speech they replay, there's a section where people are shouting, two more years, two more years. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm thinking, well, why would they do that? Well, because of the 2024 election, right? I mean, oh, oh, I see what's going on here. So uh, DeSantis is smiling because he fully intends to be governor for four years. <clears throat> In fact, if he's smart, that's what he would do. And so that would put him at 2026, uh, and then he can run in 2028. So he'd be governor for two more years. That'd be, be two full terms. That'd be perfect. And then he'd have two years to really get his organization together uh, and campaign for 2028. And that'd be perfect. That'd be the smart move to make. Uh, but they don't want Trump. And uh, they, you know, the Republican Party especially does not want Trump because the Republican Party does not want to be America first. They want to be business as usual. They want to be the, the party of, of corruption. Uh, of Chinese communism, uh, of, of benefits and perks, the, the party of the, the loyal opposition uh, without any opposition to the Democrats. That's what they want to be, and it's evidenced by everything they do. And so the new push now is to sabotage Trump's campaign uh, with, uh, with Ron DeSantis. That was really funny. Trump kind of let it slip. I don't, well, did he let it slip, or was this kind of strategic? Where he says, uh, there's a, yeah, Governor Ron uh, DeSanctimonious. <laughs> I heard that in the rally. I said, did he really say that? He, apparently he really did. Anyway, so, so Emerald says, if you're watching Fox News today, the conservative news network, and it's conservative in quotes, the conservative news network that's owned and operated by Australian liberals, then you know that Ron DeSantis is being touted as the big victor in yesterday's midterm elections, while Donald Trump is the big loser. 
That's odd because Donald Trump is the most popular politician in living memory and the obvious leader of the Republican Party and also the clear favorite in the 2024 election. I tend to agree, which is why I want Action Radio directly working with the Trump 2024 campaign. Okay, he hasn't announced yet, but we know it's coming. Okay, so this is like this is the 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 the, the worst secret ever kept or ever ever tried to be portrayed. Is Trump running? Of course he's running. So the only question is is not whether he's running; is when he's going to announce that he's running because we all know he's running. Right. Anyway, besides, let, let me get back to the article. She says one more thing: Trump was not on the ballot in the 2022 midterms either. Do you think mere logic would stop a rhino, that's R-A-N-O, that's uh, chop chop like Fox News? <laughs> you know, and you know what we call rhinos. I don't use the term rhino anymore. I call them transgender Democrats because obviously they're in transition, right? Uh, so I, she says, do you think mere logic would stop a rhino chop shop like Fox News, the home of Chris Wallace and Shep Smith and Caitlyn Jenner and many other Democrats in drag? <laughs> like I said, transgender Democrats. She's, she's kind of along the same lines. She says Mitch McConnell, for example, was not to blame for pulling money from Blake Masters in the Arizona Senate race. (laughs) Yes, he is. And for being the most unpopular GOP leader in the history of the Senate. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) Kevin McCarthy was not to blame for doing absolutely nothing in the last two years, except for sleepovers with disgraced pollster Frank Luntz. Ronna McDaniel was not to blame, even though the RNC chief failed to have any election lawyers in place to contest the 2020 election rigging. According to Bush speechwriter Mark Thiessen, or is that Thiessen? Let's call him Mark Thiessen. According to speechwriter Mark Thiessen, oh, Bush speechwriter. Well, Bush is part of the, the globalists anyway. You know, Bush, Obama, Clinton, you know, Bush, Bush and Bush, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. They're all the, the, the established dynasty families, right? Anyway, so she says, so she says, according to Bush speechwriter Mark Thiessen, the blame rested with, quote, radical candidates who, quote, put the Republican Party in a terrible position and who were chosen by Donald Trump. Well, actually, the truth is the only people chosen by Donald Trump, the people chosen by Donald Trump are, are the popular ones. The ones who are not popular are the ones who are part of the, uh, the Republican Party uh, establishment. And it's the, it's the establishment that put the party in a terrible position and keep them in a terrible position because they're constantly at war with, uh, with Americans and America first. That's the party. That's the party they should be going for. But they don't. So back to the article. She says, where was, the fu- where was the future of the GOP to be found? Thiessen named DeWine, Abbott, and Kemp as politicians who were the path to the future. <laughs> yeah, right back to the past, right? This explains why nobody listens to Thiessen anymore. <laughs> Thiessen even said the quiet part out loud. The big winner tonight is Ron DeSantis. He is just as much of a counterpuncher as Donald Trump. He's got a reform agenda. And when he managed that crisis with the hurricane, people look at that and said he is also a leader who can lead in a time of crisis. Well, so can Donald Trump. Actually, Donald Trump is a leader who can avoid crisis. You know, I, Brandon is, is a person that can't seem to uh, get out of the way of crisis. In fact, inspires crisis. Everything he does is a crisis. Every decision, every, every executive order that he signs, everything he's handed to do by uh, Barack Obama – you know, who's running the country right now, it makes for a crisis. But that's what Obama wants. That's how this is supposed to work. Anyway, he says the rush to crown DeSantis and push him into the ring with Trump was not a solely Fox News operation. It was a corporate media operation across the board. Biden voter Meghan McCain joined her fellow, I can't say this, uh, libs, you know, S-word libs at Politico, CNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC, and The Atlantic to announce the end of Trump's influence on the Republican Party in favor of Ron DeSantis, too. And we have a bunch of headlines here. Uh, it's true. It's absolutely true. It's really kind of fascinating. But uh, yeah, so that's I was wondering why, you know, the extra push for uh, um, 
for Ron DeSantis. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, now Ron DeSantis is no dummy. He knows very well. When he heard that, uh, that chant, two more years, two more years, he's laughing because he knows he can't do it. He would be stupid. It would be the height of idiocy. Plus, I think Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump are friends, even though they uh, you know, are going to get after each other politically. But uh, they're going to work together. They're going to do just fine. Uh, I don't expect Ron DeSantis to be vice president either. He's, he wants to be president. He should be president. He needs to serve out uh, his term uh, from, from 2022 through 2026 and then spend between 2026 and 2028 running for president to be the successor to Donald Trump uh, and then have, uh, have eight more years of a wonderful, um, so that would, that would give us 12 years of uh, decent American first leadership. And of course, after that, who knows? That's a long way down the road. So we'll see. Besides, I'll be older then. Hopefully Action Radio will be such a strong thing. Maybe I can retire from it. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, so I've got one more article before Juliet gets here. Uh, she'll be calling in probably any time. Um, we've got, this is from News Reviews, where reality shatters illusion. And so it's from uh, uh, Kelly Nelson, November 10th. So this would have been yesterday. And she said, well, I skipped the beginning of the beginning, but she's talking about you really expected a red wave. Um, I expected a little bit. Uh, I got less than I expected. <laughs> you know, we got a ripple. <laughs> we got a, barely a, a, a little bit of a wave, you know, but uh, this should have been, you know, this should have been much more uh, massive. But, of course, that's what vote fraud is all about, right? So the, so the Republican geldings are not going to stop vote fraud, just enough to get the majority, but they're still going to be controlled by the Democrats. That's how this is going to work out. So Congressman Jim Jordan, oh, uh, Republican of Ohio, said, and this is from the article, I'm hopeful in about eight and a half months there's going to be a big change on Election Day. Then back to her, well, Jim, <laughs> you and a whole lot of other Republican and right-wing pundits said much the same thing, but all of you were ignoring the 2018 and 2020 election. Don't you remember, Jim? In 2018, so many Republicans went to bed Election Eve believing they had won, only to wake up to recounts and eventual losses. In the end, the Democrats took the House. And it took the House is right. Well, I've talked about this for years. Uh, I talked about back at WBY when it happened uh, in 2018 that, uh, well, maybe, no, no I'm staying corrected. I, I, had, uh, I had been asked to leave uh, before that, but I certainly talked about it uh, on my new show here on Blog Talk Radio, that the 2018 election was stolen, that there were seven Republicans who had won the election in California, all of which were overturned in recount after recount by the Democrats, illegally overturned, and the Republicans, being the geldings that they are, accepted it. And that's when I started calling them geldings. It's been a while, all right? Um, maybe I didn't. I'm not sure when I got the term off. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, they're geldings. That, that, that was a gelding action, okay, to let the Democrats steal uh, the House from the Republicans when they had won it back in 2018. And they did. They let them do it, okay? 2020, they stole the presidency. And the geldings let them do that, too. Okay, so it says, so, that's, that, so the Democrats took the House. It was seven California seats. And the interesting thing about California you know, Democrat territory, vote fraud territory. So that's what happened. So, so the problem is not the Democrats tried to steal. The problem is the Republicans let them do it. Then the next part of this is, says, thanks to the failure of the Republican Party to do anything about the 2018 and 2020 vote, vote fraud, the red wave most pundits forecast was not forthcoming. Those of us who look at reality and tell the truth to the people knew it was, slightly, it was highly unlikely the Stalinist Democrats would relinquish their control. And yes, it was time to pray, fine to pray, but one also needs to work uh, to stop the criminal theft. Name me one Republican who has done anything to stop the gigantic fraud in America's elections. This is very true. She says the Supreme Court refused to hear any uh, 2020 general election cases involving voter fraud. I've been over that a bunch of times. Uh, 
On December 11th, 2021, the Supreme Court denied a text effort that would have eventually nullified the presidential elections in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, and Wisconsin. 17 other states joined in the suit, brought by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, Justice Thomas's Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch dissented. So in other words, three Supreme Court justices did the right thing. They dissented. Um, would there be six of them? That would include uh, the, three, uh, the three stooges that uh, Trump appointed, um, plus uh, uh, the chief justice. Uh, what's his, I've forgotten his name. You know, smiley face guy. Uh, and the four conservatives. You know, so, they, so you had, uh, um, so that's, that, that was the group that, uh, that overturned it. So you had the liberals. You had the, the chief justice, and you had the, the three stooges. Uh, oh, no, Gorsuch wasn't. Gorsuch was one of the, the Trump appointees. All right, let me, let me just start again. <laughs> I'm getting a little confused here. So justices uh, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch, that's three of the nine, um, were the ones who said, no, this is wrong. You know, you can't uh, – they, they have to take up the case. And the other justices who would be the chief justice, that would be um, – what's his name? Pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, I forgot his name now. Anyway, because he doesn't count. And the liberals, the, the three liberals in the time. Uh, and I think uh, that would have been Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett said, nope, nope, we're not going to hear the case. We're not going to hear the case of vote fraud. Nope, nope. I hear nothing. It's like Sergeant Schultz. Remember Hogan's Heroes? I hear nothing. I see nothing. You know, when they didn't want to hear about corruption, they just, you know, closed their ears and eyes. And, and that's how that works. Back to the article. On February 22nd, the Supreme Court rejected three GOP elections-related lawsuits regarding the state of Pennsylvania. The same three justices dissented, of course, because they're the only ones that know what's going on, right? The fact that states did not follow their own state legislatively set laws is the issue millions of people still are not happy with. Yeah, me included. The Roberts led, oh, that's right, uh, what's his name, Roberts, uh, Justice Roberts, I forgot his first name, led Supreme Court has declined to hear any of the cases brought challenging the procedures of how the election was conducted. So the Supreme Court is effectively useless. Uh, Justice Roberts, the Chief Justice, has refused to, to hear any cases regarding election fraud from 2020. Well, that's insane. You can't do that. So they are part of the fraud. They are part of the conspiracy. They are part of the coup. They are part of the problem. They are effectively useless in terms of uh, doing their job. So the only justices uh, that I have any faith in at all are Justice Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito, and occasionally Neil Gorsuch, uh, whose, father, whose mother was Ann Gorsuch, I think, had the EPA. I think that's, uh, that's the Gorsuch family. It's not a common name, so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure those, those folks, that's the connection. But as far as the others, you know, Kavanaugh, Barrett, uh, and then uh, Mitch McConnell, no, excuse me, uh, who's the head? Uh, Roberts, Justice Roberts, the chief justice, and then, of course, the liberals at the time. Uh, that would have been, uh, oh, I forgot who they are, but anyway, the liberals at the time, that would have been a whole whole different situation. Anyway, uh, it looks like I've got uh, Julia on the line here. Let me just double check here. Yes, I do. Okay, good. So let's let's take her call and uh, let's find out what's going on. So a little change of pace here, a little uh, fun. Maybe I should play a theme here. Let me get uh, let me get uh, uh, um, something to uh, our change of news. And now we switch gears here at Action Radio. And our new report from Juliet Ramos. Somewhere in California. Isn't this fun? Good morning. Hey, Juliet, you're live. Wake up. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. How are oh, that's you? That's better. Yeah, you're on the air. Are we simulcasting? Hello? Yeah, you're here. Oh, good. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. How are you? They can't answer us radio. 
<laughs> just teasing you. <laughs> that's you. Oh, I'm asking. Oh, I'm doing fine. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm I'm in a great time here. I'm in my my last 50 minutes. I've already been on. I'm, I'm warmed up and uh, going crazy and having a good time here. For for those that uh, that don't know, Juliet also has a has a podcast, and so we have little. There's always little connection problems getting going uh, with her because we're we are simulcasting this morning, correct? So you get your podcast yes, going. We my are. Show. Okay, yes. Good. Yes, so you're visual, absolutely. I'm audio. Yeah, so you're visual, I'm audio, I'm a little audio, right? bit of everything. A little column A, a little column B. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good thing yep, she's visual and I'm definitely. not. She looks better than I do, so this is a good thing. So we're, oh, you know, stop it. That's why I do radio. That is so not the truth. That what is they say? So I've, got, I've got a face for radio. Is, him, guys. Isn't that the line? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, actually love radio. Yeah, I, I love do, radio. too. I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's something about being behind the microphone early in the morning and it's 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 um how would i say it it's false advertisement at least in the morning for me <laughs> oh false advertising oh okay i think i know what yeah, you mean you I, may or may not want to explain it i'll leave that to you but uh the no, reason i love it's just because i don't look as good as you know oh okay. i didn't wake up like this <laughs> <laughs> So there's the there's the radio Juliet Ramos and then there's the TV you know the video Juliet Ramos yeah see I'm pretty much the same it's it's kind of funny but I love radio uh, because I can wear you know old t-shirts you know I can uh, you know be kind of uh, my normal self and have just stuff all over the place I don't have to prepare the the uh, you know my my little room studio here you know for visual uh, and it's just I don't have to worry about lighting I just talk. And there's something about radio, though. It goes directly into your brain. Um, and I think there's a, the video. Everybody wants video, but you lose something in video. You lose a certain really? perception. Well, because, yeah, because people, well, how much, you've got so much space in your brain to take in information. And they say right. 60%, 60% or so comes in through your vision. So if you've got 60% of your vision, but the, but the real information is not coming from your vision. It's coming from your hearing. So if you're if you're if you have vision sixty percent you've only got forty percent left for hearing and the other senses well you don't really unless you 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 touch your radio you know or your computer when you know that's not going to really help you so the taste and smell they're not going to help too much so it's basically visual it's it's eyesight and hearing and, and hearing and so you you're making noise back there what, what you, are you making breakfast <laughs> sound in the background no yes, I, was, I was actually i was I, I was actually playing with my levels thank you very much okay, well, you uh, well no the problem is if so i was playing I with your levels i'm i'm not going to play with your levels that's your department so uh, you know we're, we're, we're just friends here <laughs> well let me go ahead and introduce you uh to my audience if you okay. don't mind i don't mind okay so Five, four, three, two, and one. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Juliet, and you're listening and watching to Broken Girl Unchained podcast. And this lovely, beautiful morning, I have my lovely and talented and amazing friend and guest, Mr. Greg from Make Your Love. Make your own laws. Sorry, I get really excited. So if I mispronounced anything, I'm sorry. I'm just really excited to have you on my show. So I'm, I'm so bad at being lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I've been described as a lot of things. That's not one of them. <laughs> oh, come yes, on. Yes, the lovely and talented Greg very... Yeah, that's, that's funny. And, and you know what? It, like, please forgive me because I always mis- mispronounce your last name. And um, my fiance is like, oh. it's Penglis. Is it Pinglet or Pinglet? 
No, Penglis. P-E-N-G-L-I-S. That's what everybody mispronounces it. Everybody misspells it. It's only seven letters. P-E-N-G-L-I-S. You know, I, my life would have been so much easier if I had the name Smith. It just really would have. But then it would have been uh, or you Ramos. Know, <laughs> Ramos. Ramos is that's pretty common too. Yeah, Penglis. No, but if you're in, if you're in Adelaide, South Australia, there's like uh, you know half a million Penglises running around. Or if you're in Greece, you know that's where the other. So so Greece and Australia is where most of the Penglises are. They're not here in the United States. There you Kingdom, go. Um, Certainly not in Florida, but uh, this is funny. I'm still back at the lovely and talented part. <laughs> that cracked me up. Oh, my God. Anyway. No, well, you're very highly educated. And, um, uh, okay, so to give hmm. the Where Are Thou Juliet report, there it includes, it includes uh, Falcon, the movie, the film. I am so excited to have you on board, and I heard you've been working one-on-one with the director, Mr. The Amazing Mario Prado, and mm-hmm. he is a very, very talented, smart man, and um, we're coming out with the film, well, he's coming out, he actually invited um, me as well as you um, mm-hmm. to uh, join uh, Waking Up the People. And it's it's an imaginary um, film, um, and it's a tale, um, and it's in regards to our government. And um, why don't you go ahead and take it from there, Mr. Gray? Well, I'm well, I'm always cautious about talking about this because I'm never sure how much I can say. So, so when I send out information, it's it's the uh, it's the the very public information. So it's historical, constitutional. It's uh, it's kind of a thriller. It's it's a little bit of everything. It's a story, uh, and it's a very interesting story. Uh, I really just don't, just for the sake of that, I'd rather err on the side of caution. Not this is something that you should have Mario on. He should really be the one to talk about it. Just because right. I don't want to, right. I don't want to give away anything, but it's going to be a fascinating plot. Here's my part though: is I get to be uh, like a technical advisor, like I guess he called me a strategic partner or something like that. So I'm helping with the film, and I'm happy to help you with your part. And so that's that's my primary. Uh, You're training uh, me. You're going to be here. training yeah. me pretty yep. soon. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty intense because you know you're dealing with a lot of tough issues, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, real life topics and I mean naturally as human beings we automatically want to protect um, other people or protect um, our nation and let's be honest here our nation is one beautiful nation mm-hmm. it is beautiful and um, it's been hijacked <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's been hijacked so, um, you know, we're going to keep it back to the basics and we're bringing it back to the Constitution where our Constitution, it has been designed to protect us from the government. That's exactly the reason why um, our Constitution um, was designed and, or is designed. Um, and, you know, being the fact that myself and um hundreds, thousands of mothers, good mothers, are losing custody to their abusers, and our constitutional rights have been taken away from us, this couldn't be more, this couldn't come at a better time, especially during the elections, especially, you know, where this huge shift is going to change. And it's Mm -hmm. all about we the people. 
And I, I can't express that enough that, you know, if anybody can make change happen, it is us. It is us, the people. And, um, you know, using our voice and, you know, voting and, um, you know, protest, peaceful protesting, you know, when you do feel very strong and adamant and passionate about something, definitely, definitely, you know, uh, gather as many people as you can and, and, and um, uh, preach for something that really means dear to your heart where you would like to see change. That's the only way we're going to see change, people. Well, you have to make change. There's too much, uh, too much against it. Um, I do have the, the, the public brochure. I can, uh, I can give you something of the, of the Falcon uh, from this. So I'm not, uh, I'm not betraying any of the confidences. The film, and it's, uh, this is, you have a picture of the Constitution, and it has the, the Falcon. It says, what if five of our forefathers realized that any system is corruptible, and these five of them in secret created a document that, if corruption were to come about, the Falcon Act would be activated a fail-safe document to protect the very Constitution they signed just hours ago. I'm going to stop there, mm-hmm. but uh, that's, that's kind of a, just an idea that this is, this is a, a fascinating film. It's political, it's, uh, it's constitutional, it's educational, and it's, it's, it's venturous. <laughs> I can't wait to see how this all turns out, because uh, I don't know the story yet. Uh, all I know is that my part in it is to help you with your part. And then we just kind of go from there. It's going to be one difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. very passionate about um, some of these topics. And I uh-huh. just hope, and I hope to, and I hope and pray that I deliver and, um, you know, we get our uh, message out. And it all comes back mm-hmm. to, um, you know, using your voice, um, make, um, using um the tools that we have to push mm-hmm. these laws to legislators so i'm definitely feel very very gifted and blessed to be a part of this project and i cannot um emphasize enough how how important this project is and, and not only that i mean it has nothing to do with any of you know um, the, the political, political, um, uh, some, you, 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 th- does that make sense? Like it really doesn't mm-hmm. have n- nothing to do with r- real life stuff aside from the Constitution. Mm, yeah, well, it's the concept. Again, I'm always going to be cautious what I can talk about, but the concept <laughs> is fascinating. Uh, and this is this is definitely an adventure film. It's like uh, it's part uh, spy film. It's part uh, uh, it's uh, it's. I'm, Sort of reminds me of National Treasure a little bit, uh, but uh, it's a story. I mean, you know, I mean, could this be real? I don't know. That's that's part of the fun of this, to to take all these things into account because we have a fascinating history in this country. Uh, we have some amazing things that have gone on, and we have. Do you know how people are always they're worried about secret societies like the the Masons or uh, you know any of the groups out there? They think oh they're or the Illuminati and things like that. So there's there's this fine line between reality and conspiracy and i'm not sure what that line is but uh, if this film seems like it's going to be sort of delving into you know these different areas and i, I think it's gonna be one big adventure um, plus i love being in it but the things that you can do in movies that you can't do 
you know, uh, like documentaries, for example. Documentaries can be rather dry and boring sometimes, or they can be incredibly exciting. But most times a documentary can't capture the imagination and the attention as much as a movie and a story can. Can you make a breakfast uh-huh. again? It sounds like ice in a glass. No, I'm looking for, I'm looking for my cord. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm trying to do it very, very quietly so I don't get what? in trouble. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> you know, see, I can't tell what I you're know. doing on video. So, so Julia's on video. I'm on audio, which is uh, – we, we talked about that a little bit earlier. I still like audio, though, because it goes directly to your brain. Uh, this is where imagination takes over. That's why things like the War of the Worlds, the Orson Welles um, piece that they did, you know, when they actually said this is the Mercury Theater, you know, with uh, War of the Worlds, with an invasion. So they took Jules Verne's War of the Worlds novel and they created a real life scenario. And people actually thought that, that uh, you know, the Martians were landing. It's a really it was a fascinating thing. If you want to study the power of radio, look into uh, the Orson Welles broadcast. Um, uh, maybe I should get a recording of that. Maybe I can play it on the air sometime. That would be fun. Just play some of the old radio things. But that uh, this is, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was listening to you. I was, I was just agreeing with you that it would mm-hmm. be, um, you know, fascinating to, mm-hmm. um, to definitely, um, you know, see different mm-hmm. um, points of views and different, you know, history. Bring it back mm-hmm. to the basics. Let's really, really bring it back to the basics. <laughs> Well, the basics of, for the country <laughs> is the Constitution, you know, and this is going to be fascinating right. because there's so much, you know, you look at what's going on today. I mean, this film could not be better timed. You've got mm-hmm. uh, the left that wants to subvert, destroy the Constitution. They want to basically erase the memory that we even have one. You know, it is, it is a fascinating thing That's the way this is all going. To me. It is. Well, because it, you've, mean, got two, you've got two competing views. You know, I've always looked at history in terms of freedom and control. So the government wants to control. Okay. Right. And the people want freedom. And I've even written written, uh, you know, articles and, and papers and things like that on this. In fact, I wrote a, uh, a California Constitution uh, voter initiative talking about, uh, uh, conce- you know, open carry, concealed carry, things like that. But I base it on freedom and control that the government wants control and the people want freedom. And they're always going to have that conflict. And so the, this goes directly to the Constitution, which is a controlled document of government written by we the people through the states. And so mm-hmm. but the government wants more power. So you look at what's happening now, just some of this, all the stuff I've been over on the show today, you know, is all is basically a power struggle, you know, of what they want to do to us. You know, the, the title of the show today, The Great American Vote Fraud and Cheating Report. So we've been talking about uh, Democrat vote fraud and cheating, you know, mostly through this whole thing and Republican compliance with it. So, they, they, you know, it takes two to do this. It, it wouldn't work unless both parties uh, were, were actively engaged in it. And so that's uh, that's quite interesting as to how that works. Yeah. Anyway, so, what kind you. of feedback have you been? No, what kind of feedback have you been getting? In terms of what? Um, uh, in regards to the Belkin, I mean, have you spoken about it often? I or? don't talk a whole lot about it. Again, I'm very cautious. Um, I mean, I've been talking to Mario, obviously the the, the producer and director of of this a whole bunch, um, but I don't. I'm very very careful because. You know, he knows everything, and he's the one who's, who's basically putting this together, so I don't want to release too much. But this is the first time I've ever been involved with a movie production, so I feel honored to be a part of it. This, to me, is fascinating. And so it's just it's incredible to be able to do this. And, and so I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> you know. And if I can offer any technical assistance to help you with your part. See, and, and I think it's interesting that, 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 you know, first of all, how you came. I mean, look, how, look how this came about. 
You know, you have two friends that had, uh, you know, uh, victims of family court. They introduced you to me. We got to talking. I found out that you do podcasts and, and, and you're in the movies. And then you introduced me to the film that you're working on and then meet the, the, the producer. And all of a sudden I'm involved as an advisor, uh, probably because I have a unique, you know, perspective, having created the first radio uh, citizen legislature. So that puts me in a position right. of, of do, being able to offer some unique expertise. Nobody else has done this. This is brand new. We are cutting edge. We are the future today. And that's kind of fun. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you Greg, uh, before I introduced you over to Mario, I actually, um, I'm, I'm, I want to be careful with my words because I don't want to hurt anyone. Um, okay. I, had, I, I work with a legal team. And, um, you know, the, the, these um, individuals have uh, had cases in the Supreme Court and they've won and they've been training me on um, certain aspects of family court and mm, um, law and um, all, all this other um, good stuff that I because I'm, I'm choosing to go pro per. And um, you should explain what that means. What's pro per? That is that is being self. You're being you're being self represented. You're right. you're a self represented um, litigant. Mm-hmm. So um, and I, I mean I've been learning the background uh, of law and I've been learning uh, all those little because words mean everything, right? Mm-hmm. In law, mm-hmm. everything like you or um, interest, the best interest of the child. Or um, in in law, you means you are a lamb to be slaughtered. You are a slave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like all these little things. I'm like, holy crap! So as soon as, in all due respect, I love. Uh, there are some attorneys that I I do uh, respect. Um, I'm just like, holy crap! Like. They don't tell you any of this, you know, while you're um, going through uh, litigation. And then they keep you in litigation just to keep the money going, you know, the the revenue. We have talked about that racket uh, a whole bunch. Hey, are you expecting a call? Do you have a guest joining us? Me? Yeah. Because I have have another call on the line. Okay. Tell you what I need to do because I I now had to calls because of uh, an incident we had a little while back here. I need to play something for about a, a minute um, to, okay. uh, to talk to the caller. <clears throat> so I go into what's called the screening room. I'll talk to the caller. I'll be right back. So if you want to vamp with your, your audience and talk about stuff, let me play this and I'll be right back. Beautiful. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. Isn't this fun? All right, so we're 
Center, and I've got uh, Pastor Don Green uh, Jr. I hope I get your name right. Uh, who's going to be joining us for a little bit here? And we've got Julia um, Ramos. On, Julia, excuse me, Julia Ramos. On the line. I can't believe I messed your name up. This is terrible. Julia Ramos on the line. So, Pastor uh, Pastor <laughs> Don, just kind of listen for a bit, catch up, and uh, we'll get you if you have some comments for us. Uh, uh, feel free. We, Pastor Don calls in periodically, and he always has issues and things to do. But because uh, I got a guest, you, who's also a reporter. Um, then uh, we'll sort of have them, uh, you know, like I say, join the conversation when you feel like it. Julia, back to you. So where were we? Uh, I was just, um, I was piggyback off of what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's, let's, I was still uh, trying let's, to look for my cord. <laughs> was that what's going on? This is the thing about radio. People don't realize that we have all these uh, things that we're doing at the same time. So I'm like screening calls. Uh, we're going to have a producer soon. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to some folks to, uh, to be able to do that. So I don't have to leave the show and come back. And then, uh, and then that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I now have all these extra yeah. things I can play. So See, let's go to, I go don't ahead. have that luxury. I, I used to have that luxury when I mm-hmm. was actually hosting my shows. Um, mm-hmm. um, Mikel, I call him Mikel. His name is Mike. Um, he is uh, our co-host on Broken Girl Unchained, and he, as well as our editor and our engineer. But since I've been um, doing these early morning uh, shows with you, I'm on my own, and I'm like, um, <laughs> I, I'm not as savvy as I thought I was. <laughs> well, that's okay. Hey, listen, once you, that's that's the thing about radio. So I've got uh, I've got a bunch of buttons. I've got sound effects. I've got reports. I've got uh, themes that I play for different people. Uh, fortunately, I took a radio production course before I started doing this because I thought before I oh, became a talk show host, it was great. No, it was, it was a really smart thing to do. Ohlone College, Fremont, California. Let's give them a plug. They taught me oh, how yes. to do radio production. Yeah. Because they have, a, they, I was on KOHL. I was a college DJ with a deep voice. <laughs> it was no really funny. Way. Oh, yeah. No, I was college DJ. I, I was introducing. I Go ahead. I, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I grew up, and well, not that I grew up, but I went to uh, Fremont, no, Ingram High in Fremont um, my sophomore year. Wow. I'm not sure where that is, yeah. but obviously Fremont, California is in the southeast corner of the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I, t- I took Bart down. I got up at, uh, at Ohlone College and KOHL is the radio station. And it's really funny because you have like, these kids, these like 18, 19 year old kids. And all of a sudden you hear KOHL radio, you know, with the old guy. <laughs> it was really funny. It was <laughs> such a contrast. It was hysterical. And I'm, I'm introducing, you know, 21 pilots. And, and now the latest is from 21 pilots, whoever they are. You know, um, it was just, Oh yeah, I didn't say that. Oh, I love you know, 21. I was a DJ. I was actually a, I was a college DJ at at 56 years old. It's hysterical. Well, let's go to Pastor Don. I haven't heard talk to him for a while. So, where are you? What are you up to? What's going on? And then I'll uh, introduce you to Juliet. Good and, morning, uh, Pastor Don. Yeah, what's going Good on, morning, dude? Good morning. Uh, I'm I'm moving around the city. I'm in Mesa, Arizona. I'm mm-hmm. traveling, and I have to follow up. You know, a lot of times we go on these radio shows, and we like, bam. Sometimes I'm advertising don't work. So I'm just following up. I was calling, checking in. I heard some of the commentary earlier. I mm-hmm. support what you do. I like what you do. And I, I, I send a lot of traffic here. So I was just calling oh, appreciate to see what's going on. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of either a microphone or a phone bashing something or something with a little bit of background noise. So one of you two is because uh, you're both it's laying It's not alive. me, I promise. Okay. Well, it's that's fine. Um, 
Well, let's go back to, to, to uh, Pastor Don. You're in Arizona. Arizona is like a hotbed of electioneering. You've got Maricopa County, you've got, uh, which is vote frauding yet again. <laughs> you know, Maricopa County is yeah. like the screw up uh, county of, 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 the, of the country. So what, do you have any, can you give us like an Arizona report? You know, what's going on there right now? Yeah, man, it, it's really, it, it's really a shame that uh, they're going on this negative campaign, running these ads, and they run them all day long. I mean, kind of at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, yeah, like, we don't see them out here. It's about the, uh, the, 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 it's a lot of, it's a lot of quiet, it's kept issues. I'm not going to expose it here on Action Radio, but it's bad. It's really bad. And There's not much not you can't right. talk about here. As long as you don't swear, advocate Amen. violence, or or give out public officials, you know, names, phone numbers, and addresses, you can pretty much say anything you want. <laughs> you know, as long as you're well, civil, I, I, I don't really I, care. I don't mind if you be controversial. Well, I, I'll say this. Yeah, I'm on the ground, and I see it happening, and I know it's not right. And there, there's no way I can air it out positively, so I'd rather okay. just not say anything about that at all. Okay, well, then I will. <laughs> there's a lot of vote fraud there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can be controversial on this show as long as, and you can disagree with me too. We have people doing that all the time. Uh, I encourage all that. The time. Uh, so exactly. So that's not a problem. But it seems to me that uh, we cannot have uh, an honest uh, government if we can't have honest elections. You know, if you have vote fraud, even if you suspect vote fraud, you know, and there's no reason to have dishonest elections. We, you know, we're the the most advanced technologically and technological nation in the world. And yet, the funny thing is, you actually have to low-tech to make honest elections, paper ballots. And how long have we had paper? Oh, what, uh, since the Chinese 7,000 years ago, all right? Since they first, you know, pulled papyrus out and started writing on it. You know, so, so paper's old technology. Ink, the first dyes, the first clays, and, uh, you know, pigments and indigos that made ink way back, you know, 7,000 years ago. So writing's an old art. There's, there's no reason why we can't have paper ballots uh, and have them looked at visually. You know, and you have three counters, and they, they make sure agree, their results agree. You don't transmit things over the Internet. You don't transmit anything. You don't have data. You don't have manipulation. You don't have uh, all the different things that go into the vote fraud today so that we can actually trust our, our elections. And the, the, especially the Democrats that feel that they have to cheat to win, you know, it's, it's not, you know change your platform. <laughs> you know, be honest about it. <laughs> Stop trying to make us a uh-huh. communist nation subservient to the world government, and you'll win more elections, idiots. Right, right. <laughs> you were thinking it. No, I was thinking it. You just said it. <laughs> I tend to do that. Yeah, but don't be shy. I mean, you can be kind of, and like I say, feel free to be controversial because that's one of our biggest problems. Everybody's like, oh, no, I've got to be politically correct. I can't say the Democrats are communists. I, I can't say that, uh, you know, the, the transgender is not a real thing. It's just a, a, it's people that have uh, personal issues. You can't say that. We can. Uh, I just okay, said it. Okay, first of all. Go ahead. I have a lot to say about the whole, and I am not um, homophobic at all. I don't care what anybody says. You don't have to do disclaimers says. either. You don't have to do disclaimers on the show either. <laughs> I know, but it, <laughs> but it feel just free. makes me feel better just okay. knowing that I, I know who I am. I know uh, what I stand for. I know my beliefs. However, I do not believe that they should be bringing um, – drag queens to an elementary school. Mm-hmm. See, now, you wouldn't even I, have I, to say I, that I, 10 years ago because people look at you, you want to bring drag queens to an elementary school? Are you freaking nuts? Right. <laughs> you know, right. I, uh, like, but now it's an issue. Now it's like, well, you can't say that because now you might be homophobic. Well, how is that? No, have to I'm do with definitely anything? not. My, my, no, I, my, I know my, you're not. My, what I'm saying is, but that's the argument that you can't say that because someone might judge you. 
Don, we're still getting some, right. some background from your line. You're still getting a little bit of, of like a thumping noise or a wind noise or something like that. So I don't know if you're outside, if you're flying an open cockpit no, biplane right now or something, but it's getting a little it bit It might noise. help if, if you put it on mute on his end. Well, uh, but I want to make I want to make sure that he can speak too. So I'm trying to see if you can correct it on your end. If not, what you want to do is mute yourself unless you're talking. That's the other way around it. Okay, go ahead. I'm here. Okay, good. Well, that okay. sounds better. So what do you think? Yeah, huh? much better. I, I mean, I I, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a bus driver who's a man at seven o'clock and at nine o'clock he turns and Uncle King turns into Auntie Kendra. So oh, really? It's too. Yes. Man by day, like, woman by night. That that's that's yeah. this is like a country western song. Listen, <laughs> like I'm I I never question anybody's um erotic. You know, I never as long as you're not dressing up as babies or anything like that, like I'm very open minded. I'm like, huh, that would have worked for me, but whatever. But, I mean, to tell you the truth, children are supposed to be pure, okay? Mm-hmm. They, like, let's keep them pure as long as possible. And we were not designed to be with the same sex. I mean, call me traditional, call me whatever you want. Definitely not homophobic. But what I'm saying is, as at a very young age, we need to keep our children as pure and innocent as possible. We should not be, um, you know, diluting their thought process as far as um, who we should meet with or who should, who should we marry. Or, and if, if that's something that's natural uh, that, um, that happens to someone, I, I support anyone's happiness. I support anyone's love. And I'm no one to say who you should love, who you should not love. However, I do believe, and I'm a firm believer of keeping our children as firm, as as pure and innocent as possible for as long well, as possible. Well, let me let me disagree with you a little bit here, and I'll tell you where where I disagree and where I don't. Um, I think that if you present information to kids, but you don't tried to coerce kids into a certain belief. So in other words, and I lived in Australia when I was young, and at nine years old, we talked about World War II. We knew about the Holocaust at nine years old. Now, did people try to convince us that was a good thing or, you know, no. I mean, we made our own judgments. Uh, in the same way, too, if someone wants to, you know, as part of sex education, people say that people of the same sex are now getting married, uh, and, but you don't, you don't say, uh, that's one thing to expose people to the, kids to the information, but you don't say, and anybody who doesn't believe in that is a homophobe. So now you're passing judgment. So now you're coercing the kids. So would it be fair to say that it's okay to present the information age appropriate, but not try to define, you know, what's, what, how those kids should think about the information you're presenting? That seems to be the rational question. So, what, what, I mean, okay, can it, may, may I ask like a quick, a sure. quick question? No, that's um, a long question. We've got 20 minutes. I, I, I'm trying to process that. So what would be your main motive then? Well, because kids are going to hear it anyway. And because kids are not as, as stupid as people think they are. I'm not saying that you said kids were stupid. That's probably a bad way to phrase it. But what I'm saying is that if we were talking about the Holocaust at nine years old, you know, if we were talking about World War II, because I lived in Australia. I mean, the Japanese were there in northern Australia. You know, uh, this is in the 60s. So 20 years previously, World War II was going on. You know, when I was mm-hmm. – and so we had all the parents of, of the kids that I went to school with in Australia, you know, especially the English kids, you know, they knew about war firsthand because they were in it. 
And so it was natural for us to talk about it. And so we talked about the various battles. We talked about the destruction. We talked about the Battle of Britain. We talked about the Japanese in Northern Australia because it was very real. We weren't sheltered from that. But we also didn't have to see the, the pictures of, of what went on inside the, the death camps. And we were sheltered from that until, of course, the, the, the World at War special came out from Lawrence Olivier. You know, and we actually did see that. And it was like I was about 10 or 11 when that came out. So the point is kids can accept an amazing amount of information. But what you don't want to do is force a judgment upon them. Uh, that to me seems the logic because I knew a lot of stuff at a very young age. You know, because I lived in three different countries, I got exposed to different things, uh, and it was it was very interesting to see the differences. And I'll tell you the difference between Australia. We had no concept of race in Australia. You know, we had Aborigines, we had Asians, we had uh, Maoris from New Zealand, we had all kinds of different folks. We had Indians from from India, uh, and uh, it was quite a different uh, different group. But the 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 concept of race, of of good race, bad race, prejudice was never really put upon us. So we had no prejudice because race wasn't a thing. It wasn't until I got to the United States that uh, that it became such a big deal, you know. You know, and uh, as all of a sudden I was known as a white person. I've never been known as a white person in my life. It never occurred to me. Yeah, I could see my skin color, but it never registered that that was a thing. That it never registered that that was was anything significant, and it, either greater or lesser than anybody else's skin color. It didn't matter. But in the United States, it meant everything. So it's one thing to teach about different uh, people around the world. It's another thing to start putting value judgments. You know, but uh, the history of this country doesn't let you do that. So, so in other words, how do you give information uh, without uh, forcing judgment from kids? I think that's really the key when it comes to education. Looks like Pastor Don has left us. So I guess he had uh, a phone connection uh, or some issue there. But uh, hopefully he'll call back. Aww. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Well, he, he's, he's interesting. He, does, he calls in from different places, different times. Uh, and nice. uh, it's just you never know. It's, it's kind of a surprise. And of course, he always calls in from a different number. So maybe I should... <laughs> It's kind of curious. <laughs> Donnie, you, 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 get new, Don, you can keep your phone number. <laughs> anyway, but, but how do you see that? You know, um, I, I, I really ahead. appreciate a different, um, you know, a different point of view. I, I, I appreciate, mm-hmm. I'm very open-minded and I'm very open-hearted, even though I may not, I mean, come on, let's, let's face it. We don't all have to agree with everything. We can have a not Not on my show. <laughs> we, we have people Uh-oh. disagreeing all the time, but it's always civil. And, and see, see this, just because I disagree on an issue with you does not mean I, I find you disagreeable. That's the difference. Right. Yeah. Right. I just yeah. like that, you know, I, I have a 10-year-old. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a 10-year-old, and it's just like, you know, her, her sister is with a transgender. We've been very, very open about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and when I was told, because this is my stepdaughter that I've raised since she, she was two years old, I immediately was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I went in shutdown mode because I'm very traditional. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to see her have a baby. I'm not going to see her get married. I'm not going to, you know, all of these things started racing through my head because it just took me by surprise. And... um but then I had to come to realize, like, who in the F am I to pick and choose who my daughter loves? Mm-hmm. So, and that's my oldest daughter. So now I have my 10-year-old, and she's, like, you know, asking me a bunch of questions. And I'm just so like, answer you them. know, sweetheart. Answer them. Yeah, yeah. no, I answer yeah. them honestly. And I just say, you know, whatever your heart tells, whatever your heart thinks to you, that mm-hmm. you're who you're supposed to love, just love them. 
You know, it doesn't matter if they're an elephant or if they're a cat or a dog or, you know, uh, it, it's a, a purple, yellow, orange. Well, it's different. It you you can matter. love a pet, but you can love a pet, but you don't have a relationship with them. You know, it's a, right. So, that's, that's the so where do you so where do you put the boundaries in? At that point, where do you put the boundaries in? You know, I mean, there's, 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 you can exactly. you can put that's judgment and boundaries in. Okay, well, let's sort it out here. This is a good topic. So, in other words, the, the fact that there are transgender people uh, in the world, which is fine. I mean, people are free to believe what they want to believe, but are free are people free to make I love you all believe? People, by the way, <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm not that. I'm more selective than that. Um, but that's okay. But but the question is. If if someone wants to be transgender, if they want to identify as as the opposite sex than who they are, I'm not going to tell them not to do that. Now, if they mm-hmm. want to make me believe that this is a good thing, no. So the, so the difference mm-hmm. for me comes in. It's it's live and let live until the point where you insist that I believe as you believe. That and that's mm-hmm. that's where I draw that's where I draw the line. So in other words, uh, whether person you know LGBTQ, if somebody is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Q, queer, which is, used to be what we called, you know, gay. Uh, if someone, you know, identifies as that way, uh, am I going to judge them? No. Are they, if they try and make me you know, one of those different categories, am I going to object? Yes. I'm, a, you know, I'm a straight mm-hmm. guy. I've always been a straight guy. I'm always going to be a straight guy. That's who I am. Okay. No question about it. Yeah. No, no, no uh, wishy-washiness about it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very definite. You, well, you, sure, you know how to tell the straight guys. I, I don't know who, what, what was that? I said, are you sure, Greg? No, I, yes, I am. No, that's a, well, very, actually, it's a funny, it's funny thing you should say. That. Well, let me give you an example. And this is something that, uh, this is, that's universal to straight guys, okay? Um, if, you, if you're in a movie theater and there's like a male gay love scene, the straight, the straight guys are all clutching their stomachs going, oh, God, I can't watch this. Oh, please turn it off. You know, there's a universal visceral reaction among straight guys that we do not like watching men together. Now, we know they do it. I'm not going to stop men from being together. That's their business. Okay. Do I have to watch it in the movies? Yeah. No, that's my business. Okay. You know, and if I get it, and if I get physically sick at the sight of guys doing, you know, things with guys, that's just a natural reaction. I'm not going to deny it. I certainly didn't deny it on the radio. I just said it. Okay. But would I stop anybody right. else from watching, you know, gay guys in movies? No, that's your life, but don't right. show it to the kids. Cause now I've got a problem. Okay. So if you're going to show yeah. gay love scenes to the kids, okay. Now you're pushing agenda. Because kids don't have to see that until they're older. Mm-hmm. Now, are kids going to see, you know, right. male, female kissing in the movies? Of course they are. Okay. But uh, the difference is, do you, are you doing it for a political agenda? Or are you doing it because it's a natural part of the story? And so those are the questions yep. that come in too. And then we, have, we can, this is actually a good topic for us considering, you know, we're both going to be involved in a movie. You a lot more than me. But, um, you know, and this particular <laughs> issue won't affect me. But just, but think about it. But when you're, when you're in the movies, you know, you think, uh, who's going to see this? I mean, are parents going to exercise proper judgment? You know, uh-huh. or do we have to have a rating system? You know, what is appropriate? So my line, my line is very clear. You do what you want, but don't try and force it on me. I'll believe what I right. want to believe. And if I'm critical of what you do, that doesn't mean you should stop doing it. It just means I'm critical uh-huh. of it. That's my judgment. So you cannot den- deny me my judgment, okay? If I don't want to watch guys kissing in a movie, does that make me homophobic? No, I have no fear of homosexuals. Yeah. I lived in San Francisco for right. 30 years. Okay, so so I, this is this is it, it's not normal because a very small percentage of the population does it, but it's normal for the people who are homosexual to be homosexual and do homosexual things. I understand that. Do I have to watch it? No, you know. Uh, so that's that's the difference. But am I tolerant? Absolutely. Would I make laws against these people? No. 
Yeah. Do I think marriage? Do I think yeah. marriage should be defined as a man and a woman sanctioned by God? Yes. So I'm making judgments. I'm making value judgments, but I'm hoping I'm making the judgments that make sense for individuals, so that no one group is is able to oppress the other group, either by guilt, by victimhood, because you can oppress by being a victim every bit as much as you can oppress by being an oppressor, and that's something that that, that's, that should be talked about too. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. The victim oppressor? No. It's like passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, don't mm-hmm. hurt me. I'm the victim. When they're really saying, no, you can't talk about it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know? <laughs> so so that's the turnaround. Yeah, exactly. So in other words, if someone accuses someone else of being homophobic, is that a passive action or is that, oh, you, you know, someone says that they're gay and then they say, well, you can't criticize me because that makes you homophobic. Well, no, I can't criticize, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. You know, so this this goes back and forth all the time, but you have to be open and, uh, you know, people have to be have to be able to have their convictions as long as those convictions, you know, don't, like I say, hurt other people, you know, in one way or another. So live and let live, but don't try and, you know, don't try and make the other person live as you live. I guess that's how I, I would sum it up. Definitely agree. There's nothing that I don't agree with you on. Um well, that's the, the scariest thing, thing I've is, heard all day. You better disagree with me on something, or because I, no, I'm not perfect. I, I am not. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm very <laughs> traditional, and I don't. I I'm not sorry about that at all. You know, it's just the way, um, you know, that I was raised, and you know, there, and you know, there's something not right to me, and and, and I've expressed this enough with my listeners there's just something that doesn't it's not natural to see two men kiss and for women I don't I don't it doesn't bother me as much and I don't know why I think I need therapy for it because I just don't understand (laughs) wait wait, why do you think (laughs) well actually that's kind of interesting I mean uh you know I mean I've I've, you know when when they have female love scenes or, or or two two women kissing I just think it's funny you know, I also yeah, think that there, there, there are two guys that could be with them, and, you know, I might be one of them. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of a waste. <laughs> you yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. But it's not. But something about two guys. I think men watching straight men, I'll be honest here, straight men watching other men kiss. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting a, a feeling in the pit of my stomach just talking about it. It's like, no, not that. No, please. Let's, let's go on. Can we go to the next scene, please? You know, but I think that's a, from what I've heard. In fact, I, this was actually talked about another talk show years ago uh, in San Francisco when I lived there. That's a, that's a very common thing with straight guys. That's how you can tell the straight guys in a movie really fast. The gay guys are like, yeah. Yeah, go for it. You know, and the straight guys are like, oh, no, please. Can we go to the next scene? And it's funny. It, it, but that's how that's just so you want to talk about physical differences. Now, is that genetic? Is that emotional? Is that training? Is that experience? Why would, why would it be that, uh, that that's such a universal reaction you know, among men, the difference between straight guys and gay guys, that one can, you know, and can, can gay guys watch uh, straight love scenes? Apparently. I don't see them clutching their stomachs. You know, so it's like, oh, okay, fine. They're probably thinking the same thing, I think, with two women doing it. Yeah, what a waste. One of them should be mine. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's about like being open on this show. Just, just putting it out there. You know, it's, it's, it's so much more it. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but I mean, you know, to be honest with you, like mm-hmm. I, I'm no, no lie to me. <laughs> I'm no one to judge anyone on who to love. Why not? Like I Oh. Because Well talk about judgment. Well, Tell me about judgment. People. Can you pass like, judgment okay. on, on I for you? People on their actions but not okay. who they are as a person. Like I'm not gonna say I damn you to hell. 
you know, mm-hmm. or there's a certain yeah, place in hell for people like you. I, mm-hmm. that, that's not the way I roll, you know. Um, and, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have said those types of things in the past. I'm not perfect. I learned mm-hmm. by trial and error. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've come to realize that, you know, love has no labels. And, um, and I fall in love with people every single day. And it's not the type of love Oh, we I have, have to meet then. We definitely have to meet. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'm in love with you, Greg. Oh, no. You've made my day. Wow. <laughs> He's all, I'm sorry. I feel all warm and fuzzy right now. I love you, Don't lie. You, you know you're like, that's nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not lying to you. I just this, this, this warm wave came over me when I heard that. I was like, oh, wow. It's your voice. It goes, your voice goes straight to my brain. I and mean, this, is, this is why radio is so cool. You know, so, so yeah. your voices go right into your head. You know, so when you said that, I'm like, oh, thank oh, you. Wow. I'm not lying. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. I, I know, but I do. I fall in love with people all the time. And it's How does that not work? The same type of, because I would never want to hurt anyone I love. And I would never want to. Um, so do you I hear people that you don't love? Them. So do you hear people that you don't love? No, I try not to hurt anyone in general. But what oh, I'm okay. saying is, it, it's like when when you see someone you love hurt, mm-hmm. it, it, it 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 does something to you inside. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. unless you're a sociopath or you know, a narcissist or whatever. They do say they love everybody <laughs> until they screw them over in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I truly, truly do. And this is why I got into radio is because, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I love communicating and I love, you know, connecting with people that um, on topics that I thought it was just me. You know, I honestly thought like, oh, you know, I'm the only one who's going through this. Great. Everyone's going to think I'm freaking crazy. So be it. I'm just going to let it all hang out. And sure enough, I mean, our our ratings are really high. And, um, you know, people actually appreciate me and they actually take my word as value. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> well, no, you, you've actually raised on an incredibly important point here. Uh, that we feel isolated. This is why family court is not the huge issue it should be. Um, but people feel isolated and think that they're the only ones with that problem. And what social media right. has done and what radio has done and what uh, various groups that have formed on, on the various social medias have done have allowed people to realize that they're not the only one. And I would venture to say that a whole bunch of suicides, a whole bunch of, of addictions, a lot of things have been prevented in people, you know, that have, uh, that have serious problems that have found that they're not the only ones, so that the isolation uh, is removed. And I'll, I'll make a little, you know, declaration here. I was horribly depressed about eight years ago, really bad, seriously you know, I mean, I wasn't suicidal. I wasn't going to do anything dangerous to myself. I just didn't care about anything. And, and what, I, what I found was on Facebook, a lot of other people who were in a kind of a similar situation, you know, life didn't work out as planned. Everything was wrong. It's too late now. I'm too old. Da, da, da. Everything just kind of hit all at once. And so I became, you know, horribly depressed. I describe it as, as uh, walking neck deep in molasses because you can't move. You can't do anything. You don't have the energy. You don't even want to eat. So I lost a ton of weight. Uh, and so it was a really bad time. But it was a necessary time I see now because everything I'm doing at Action Radio has come from that, from that purging of all that negativity of my life. 
And so once I was able to do that, so depression is actually very useful. That's something we can talk about too. Uh, it's an incredibly useful thing if you use it correctly. And what you do is you deal with the things that you have to deal with, then you get over the depression. But if you medicate, you never get to that point where you deal with the reason you got depressed in the first place. So depression is part of our psyche. It's part of our natural reaction. So anyway, getting past that, I was able to do action radio. But during it, there was a bunch of people, uh, especially some amazing women, that helped me on Facebook as I was working through you know, various issues and problems. I never did the medical thing. I never, I never avoided it. I dealt with it like I deal with everything, everything, head on. Boom. Here I am. What's the problem? But it took a long time. It took almost two years you know, to work everything out that I had to work out. But because of that, that journey, I'm able to do this now. So the, the usefulness of the groups, when you say that you, know, you realize you're not the only one, that is the single most important revelation that you can have immediately when you have a serious problem, any kind of serious problem, whatever crisis you're facing, you have to realize that millions of other people are going through exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. Don't feel alone. Once you do that, now you can start to deal with it. Find some people to talk to. Don't do the medication thing. Don't listen to the doctors. Drugs are, are just avoidance. All you're doing is putting off when you're going to have to deal with it anyway, because sooner or later you're going to have to deal with it. Do you want to do it now or do you, do you, want, it after, do you want to do it after 10 years of medication? Well, the answer is now. Deal with it right now. And that's my spiel on that. But it made possible everything. Action radio would not have been possible if I hadn't been depressed for, for almost two years. I'll tell you right now, because I still have issues, and I don't have those issues anymore because I dealt with them. What do you think? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. Again. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just um, in a I, role today. This is, this is good. <laughs> well, you're touching on topics that are really important to me. Um, a, because, okay, you know, my oldest, my oldest daughter is, um, she is uh, with a transgender and they're mm-hmm. very, very much in love. Oh my God. I, I can't mm-hmm. even picture her with anybody else. They look adorable together mm-hmm. and um, they make each other so happy it's almost like you almost envy it, you know, and they've been together for a long time and I'm just so incredibly happy for her. Um, but another topic that is really dear to my heart is suicide prevention. Um, hmm. Okay. I am, I am a suicide survivor. Um, oh I'm my goodness. Very, very open, I'm, I'm very open and public about it. I do okay. um, suicide prevention presentations. I, um, I advocate, I, uh, my, my story, um, through the looking glass of an involuntary hospitalization, um, is, uh, published in Healers Magazine. It, mm-hmm. it actually, uh, won an award for article of the year in 2000 and I want to say 21, and, um, and then we need to reprint that um, in our, our life and health coaching page. We have a group on this, and this would be a good thing to, uh, if you want to share it on, on, on that site so people can yeah. take it out. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's based on, well, you know, I, I, for, for those that know me know that I love Alice, Alice in Wonderland. And mm-hmm. it was, and, and of course, Alice, uh, her, that, that story is about a little girl trying to escape her reality, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I just absolutely love the concept. I love the quotes, and um, and it was it was almost like I was living in Alice's world, you know, when I was going through all of that in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the thing is, is that, you know, I've been, uh, I've had people be prejudiced against me, call me mental, call me unstable, you know, and that's one of the reasons what was used to have my children taken away from me. And what, what makes you, in, what, what do you think they, they the focus on makes you uh, characterize you as unstable? Because I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I went through a, a online dating phase where three women in a row said, "Well, Greg, you're a nice guy, but you're unstable." And what does that mean? I'm very stable. <laughs> I'm just poor. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, but listen, I'm extremely stable. Listen, Greg, I think I'm, I think listen. I'm very stable. Yeah. So can I tell Let me? Let me tell you something. All girls are crazy. You just got to pick your own kind of crazy. So pick your poison. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. That that's, that's incredibly insightful. Thank you. Uh, I believe it. What's, what's your crazy? So uh, me, I'm, I'm, when I love, I love really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm the type of person that will go to, go to war with you. I'm the type of person that you don't go to war against. So, mm. um, so you, you, yeah. you've got a dark side, Juliet. I don't have a dark side. I'm a, I'm oh. a true Scorpio. Okay. Um, well, I think you just so contradicted yourself. Love, <laughs> well, well, it's not dark as far as like you know, um, I'm a um, a sociopath. No, you're not an axe murderer. Well, yeah, you're not an axe murderer. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm talking about dark yeah, side. I'm thinking that. Uh, I'm not going to stalk you. I'm sorry. No man is waste a waste of my time for me to stalk him. Um, okay. That makes <laughs> I don't sense. go chasing after anybody. But let me hmm. tell you something. Like. I'll be the first one to have your back. I'll be the first one to stick up for the for you. I'll be the first one to uh, go go to blows for you. You know, until to fight for you, to until for you. let's fill in the blank here. Until you're betrayed, uh, and it's, it, it's not all about betrayal. Because listen, this is my okay. this is my philosophy. Mm-hmm. You can't be a bad person and expect that other person not to tell their story. Hmm. That's my thing. Like, I tell my, my stories on my podcast and other people tell theirs. And, you know, I bring everyday people. I bring in celebrities. I, I, I bring in professionals. And um, I don't do anything out of a malicious, with malicious intent at all. I, I what I do is I expose these types of behaviors from people that have hurt me and devastated me, and I have a I I'm the one that has to walk with these scars every day, you know. And these people will never be sorry, never be sorry. And and when it comes to pain, um, I don't think it's up to the person you hurt. To decide if you hurt them or not. Say I hurt you, Greg. It's mm-hmm. not up to it's not up to me to decide if I hurt you or not. That is right. your pain. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. what I do when someone hurts me is I expose them. <laughs> oh my! I'm, I just talk about it. I, I write an article. It's my healing process. I don't mention names. I don't. Um, I don't degrade anyone. I, 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 I tell my stories through my perception, you know. Okay. Um, See, that's the artist in you. I tell you right now, that's the artist yeah. in you. Some people paint, some people write, some people uh, sculpt. You do movies. 
you know, or or I, or, or, I, or write about it. But you make characters in this. The, yeah, this is interesting. Well, you this read is my insight. article, uh, Passion versus Crazy, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think I've read that. Are you Send sure? it. Are, well, put it in, okay, put in life and uh, health coaching. Uh, we have an Action Radio life and health coaching group. Uh, life and yeah, and so let's put it there. But let's get your writings out there. We also oh here's something that's even better. Um, one of the underdeveloped groups at Action Radio is the Action Radio Writers Group, and that's where anybody can publish their own writings. Don't put everybody else's stuff there. I want to know what you do. But Julia, join the Action Radio. I'll send you uh, uh, an invite, uh, and I'll, I'll put it on your on your uh, Facebook page, so you can find it. Action Radio Writers Group. See, I used to write a ton of articles. <laughs> and so let's, no, I'm serious. We have a group including me and all the cool groups. Well, yeah, I we, we have 20, 20 so, groups. You know, this is, this, okay, is so a, this, this is a mega corporation is, in the making. Right? And I, yeah, I'm about to take you one step further because I'm going to share Ooh. some secrets with you Uh-oh. after the show. Okay. Um, so listen, I I, and this is my disclaimer. I am not okay. a bad person. I'm a beautiful person. I know exactly mm-hmm. who I am. She's and a beautiful I've, person, by the way. I mean, I've every way. Out of the <laughs> You're so sweet. Mm. I've crawled out of the pits of hell on my hands and knees, begging my higher power, my God, um, to heal my broken heart because every single day I am fighting a war that nobody knows about, nor does anybody care about. Oh, so, that's not true. Um, well, I'm just – the majority of people have that com- compassion fatigue where they're like, oh, I'm sorry you're going through this, <laughs> and kind of walk Yeah, away. but they have their own wars, too. Uh, See, the, 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 most people are very yeah, self-centered. Exactly. They have their own wars, and they want to either keep those wars really themselves. Deep. Yeah. It, this stuff is really deep, and the family yep. court is really dark, and it's, yep. it's kind of hard. They, some people don't have the mental capacity to even understand it so or even accept it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's why I kind of just say, like, I'm fighting this war, um, and I'm not fighting it alone. I'm, I'm very blessed to walk through this horrific journey with uh, some incredible good mothers. Um, and one of the things I wanted to touch base on real quick, mm-hmm. I know we're running out of time here. No, we're um, over time. Don't worry about it. Ha- Keep going. We're, we're oh, in overtime. Okay. No one can call us right now, but uh, we, we've got uh, the rest of this hour if you want. So we'll, uh, you know, unless we get hungry or tired or something else, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> Knowing you, you're like, I'm tired. <laughs> no, no, it's really kidding. I, you know, if I didn't want to do this for hours and hours, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have started this. It takes a lot of work to get uh, something like this going. I'm just Craig. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, she does that so well, too, yeah, by the okay. way. Okay, anyways, that's nice. Moving Fine. on. <laughs> exactly. This, this conversation could get us in trouble. Yeah, okay, there we go. That's you, Julia. Um, so being that it's Family Court Awareness Month, um, you know, last month was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I felt a need to talk about uh, the, the horrific pain that I had to endure Um through the family court and and being abused by the family court yeah. as well as uh, being abused by my abuser. So with that being said, uh, you know, the numbers are tripling right now um, with uh, children being pulled out of their homes. Did you hear that case um, in Santa Cruz where those two teenagers were pulled out of their home and went to a um, – 
what is it called, a uh, reunification camp. You should explain that because that's uh, people uh, okay. need to know that. Yeah, but, but what I didn't know is that that many kids are being pulled out. So this is an epidemic. This is a family court yeah. gone wild. And you want to talk about and this is I'm just jumping here for a second on this. If you want to talk about something where people are isolated and they don't know that everybody else is going through it, at some point, I think most people are going to have some experience with family court. Uh, you're going to be divorced. You're going to be separated. You're going to have a child custody. You're going to have all kinds of different things. But most people, at some point, unless you marry your high school sweetheart and stay together for life, and and all the kids are happy and all the extended family is happy, you're going to end up in family court one way or another. And mm-hmm. it is a horrible institution. And it needs to be abolished. It needs to be uh, jury trialed. Yep. It needs a whole bunch mm-hmm. of reform. But the people that are in it are terrible. The uh, the there, mm-hmm. it is a racket. It is a, a racket every as much as a mafia. It's, it's a, a government mafia. <laughs> yeah, it's RICO. It's, it's racketeering, RICO. and uh, I forgot what that stands for, but yeah, between the judges, the lawyers, the guardians, the social workers, the psychologists, you know, the child the protective services, the, the, the police departments, yes. the everybody, all of them, they're all in on it. They're mm-hmm. all in on it. It's a terrible and you institution know, one that needs child, fixing. child pulled out of out of their home, whether um, whether it's from the protective parent or whether they're pulled away from their mother and given to their father, it doesn't matter. Um, one child pulled out of uh, one, one guardian's um, guardianship and put into another parent or non-parent um, guardianship, their estimated value is $1.8 million. Value to whom? To the courts? To or the to... courts. To the How? county, How does that work? to the state, because really? they get the funding. They get, oh, um, okay. they get the foster care funding. They get the domestic violence funding. There's all kinds of funding um, available to help these children, um, you know, go through these crises. But they're not. They're not out of out of. God, I can never say this word. They're <laughs> not implementing the money correctly. You know, they're hiring more black hats, <laughs> so to speak. Define they're hiring black hat. More what's, what's a black hat? A black hat is a corrupted public official. Okay. Good definition. So, um, and just to be clear, we are not the public. We are the private. So um, when you're learning this stuff, you're going to understand, holy crap, like, Oh, so that thing on the side of a cop car that says serving people of the public, that they don't mean us? No. They mean them, public officials. We are the private. So there is what you call private law, contract law, um, and basically they treat our cases like they're buying a home plain and simple and there's yeah. so many um and they're throwing they're pulling kids out of homes and putting them in a um undisclosed uh location mm-hmm. and they're supposedly um reprogramming them to to well it says reunification so let's let's define what that is if someone's being reunified, it means they were unified and they were taken away. Uh, and so how does that work exactly? If someone is, what, what, what are they trying to do? Because it's obviously not a correct name. 
You know, well, it's like right. counseling. It's, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it's like family court. It's, it's it's really divorce, separation, ruin the kids' court. You know, it's, well, just, it's one of these misnomers. Like I had a really hard time um, understanding this concept because okay. I'm like I'm all for families that are uh, that need to be um, together. I'm all about mm-hmm. families being together. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, unless they're unless dangerous. Unless there is <laughs> some significant sexual abuse or drug abuse or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. If uh, and if the if the child is living in an unhealthy environment, absolutely not. You know, or um, if they're being psychologically or emotionally abused, absolutely not. But it, but there should be some type of reunification to get the families together, because you know that's that's their mom or their dad. I mean, if they're sexually abusing the child, no, keep the you know keep that person away from the child. But well, here's if a thought. Yeah, go ahead. I've got an idea. No, no, because no. I think we we do this all wrong. Because if we could, you know how the the kids have to go from parents' house to parents' house. They're always moving. They have no That's permanent hard. place. Why don't we just leave the kids at home and have the parents come in and out? So so mom has a bedroom and dad has a bedroom and they're locked when they're uh-huh. not there and the kids stay in the same home. That way the kids don't have to move and disrupt their life. So just a simple thing like that would have such a profound difference, a f- profound effect uh, on the kids. Uh-huh. The kids are the real victims here. So the the big problem is I see it is that uh, family court's job is to make money. They make money by taking kids from the good parent and giving them to the bad parent and maintaining a crisis with the good parent as long as possible. So the bad parent who shouldn't have the kids abuses the kids. The good parent who should have the kid is in trauma, and the courts make money. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Rather than, you know, mm-hmm. if you have to take kids, if parents are being divorced and you have to award kids to a parent, you better damn well make sure that they're going to, to first of all, if you can, both parents would be great. Or have the parents work out an agreement that's acceptable if both parents are, you know, somewhat decent people because nobody's perfect. But when you have a, a kids being traumatized by a, a parent that's victimizing them in many different ways, I'm not going to go into the details, and the parent that's trying to save them. And I know many cases of this. The good parent is being traumatized because they've been forcibly separated from the kids, sometimes at gunpoint, by the sheriffs yep. and by the police yep. and taken away. For no reason whatsoever. And they're the ones. And then when they go crazy, they sit, the, the court says, well, look, you're acting crazy. Well, of course they're acting crazy. Any normal person put in a crazy situation is going to look crazy. And yet that's used right. against them. So this is how the process works. It's a racket. Well, okay. So how am I doing? You're doing great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. You're very well rehearsed in, in this epidemic that we're experiencing. And you've interviewed... Uh, quite a few. Moms I've heard a lot of people on this. Yeah, been, it's sickening yeah, how many I've had to talk to about this. Yeah. Yeah, I've interviewed thousands. I've actually had to like kind of back away from it because it was starting to weigh on my mental health, and um, and I started focusing on my career. Um, so I can do that, and I started you know training and educating myself and learning law and stuff like that that's the type of stuff that's going to keep me going but mm-hmm. every woman and every mother or every protective parent I wouldn't even say mother um, every protective parent or guardian all have the same story mm-hmm. all of us. isn't that amazing and, and yet sad. and yet 
nothing's being done about it. There's no oversight in the legislatures. There's no Mm-mm. campaign. There's no group that says, you know, family, you know, in family court now. There's right. nothing out there. And that's the scariest thing of all. There's nowhere for people to go. There's no, you know, if you have a racial discrimination or a sex discrimination, or if you're a victim of any number of different things, there's a, if you're, if you need immigrant help, there are groups out there for you. Yeah. There is no major group that I know of that is a direct advocate for people who are victims of family court. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you, Greg, because like, I'm like a half a centimeter away from moving from the nation because it's like I don't feel safe anymore. You know, I do not feel safe in this country anymore. I'm like, well, you're in California. You need to get out of California, first of all, um, because California, you know, California is like invasion of the body snatchers, and the, the body snatchers are, are radical leftist Marxists. So you have two choices in California. You either become a radical leftist Marxist like them, and, and they snatch your body, mind, and soul, or you leave. And that's why so many people are leaving California, because where can you go be a free American? Well, I found Florida. You know, unfortunately, I was lucky enough to get a job in radio, um, you know, where I could do this. But you can go to Florida, you can go to Texas, you can go to uh, South Dakota. There's a lot of free places in the country. You can go to any rural area. You can go up to the foothills in California. You can get out of, uh, I'm not sure exactly where you are, and you don't have to identify it. But uh, there are places, you know, uh, the foothills. Which one's Stanislaus? Okay. So what's the big big city there? Oh, Scott Peterson. Oh, yeah, look him up. Yeah. What's the big city? So we can look at Well, I you. mean, he's even getting a, another trial because of how corrupt DA is. Of course. Like, I mean, there's it, money in it. I mean, and so, and it, it goes down to, I mean, there's so many cases that it, it, was, it would just blow your mind. This, mm-hmm. this town is not safe. Um, women and children are not safe. I spoke at the sort of, uh, Board of Supervisors. Um, I was scheduled to um, to testify in front of Congress, and they they slapped a fraudulent protection order um, the weekend before I was scheduled to leave. Hmm. How about that? <laughs> That's really interesting timing. Quarter, That's you know. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, in California, right. like I said, if I had to go find a safe place, I think the best place in California is Northern Redding. If you need a big city, Redding, California, up near the Oregon border, is where Americans, you know, who happen to be in California, live. Uh, the other place you'll find Americans is in the foothills, like like Placerville, uh, and then of course, if you can stand the snow, uh, the Sierras, like Tahoe and Truckee. But that's up six thousand feet. That's a different environment. It's a little harsher. Yeah, but that's even though it's beautiful. That's what happened to Lacey. Remember what happened to Lacey? I do, but I don't know if you want to identify too much about no, her because well, she's not I mean, here to talk about it. She's very, very open about it. And, okay. You know, all of us as long as it's public stuff. Very, yeah. yeah. No, it is public stuff. She's been okay. published. Uh, Lacey Newell, she, she was the mom that, um, that took her, her daughter into safety, and she went into hiding because she couldn't seek redress. No one was helping mm-hmm. her. No one was protecting her daughter. No one was um, protecting um, their well-being. Mm-hmm. And this guy is a, um, a sex offender and um, a convicted felon. And, um, and she took off into hiding. Well, they found her, 
and they held her at gunpoint. The U.S. Marshals held her at gunpoint while she was nine months pregnant, and they took her child, and she hasn't seen her child since, and it's been yeah. almost three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and, and tell me this justice is. in this country when that goes on. Tell me when, you know, five million illegal aliens are here with welfare benefits and hotel stays in New York you know, and various other places, and, and Lacey gets her kids stolen from her when she's nine months pregnant. I'm surprised she had the other one, you know, given that kind of a trauma. Yeah, and it, it's just scary stuff. We we just had a mom, and this is something I wanted to touch on, being mm-hmm. that it's Family Court Awareness Month. Um, we just had a mom that was winning her case. Um, it was an international case, um, and I won't go into detail about it, but she just passed away mysteriously oh, when she yeah. wanted How to mysteriously? <laughs> How mysteriously? Yeah. And, it, you know, I talked to her friend, her very close friends and family, um, mm-hmm. and you know Sarah. Uh, yep. I've spoken to Sarah, and Sarah was really, really close to her. And, um, you know, this woman did not die of suicide. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what I anybody says. Yeah. And it's really, really sad that all we're trying, we're just moms. We are just moms. But you got to band together. Fighting for you know, moms, moms banding together is a very powerful group. You look at, look at DC project, for example, you know, Shirley Watchell, who's a Florida uh, director. It's a, it's a women's gun group. Amazingly mm-hmm. successful, amazingly powerful. Cause if you have, you have a bunch of redneck guys, you know, get together. Hey, we're the gun group. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Great. Thanks. But you got a bunch of moms together. You know, especially especially women who have been victims of domestic violence, as a lot of yeah. DC Project folks have, they get a powerful group there. So, so, so moms, well, you know, victims of family court need to get together. You need a group. You need a very strong advocacy group. I, you need a I bunch of really good lawyers. I agree, but what's yeah. happening is, is mm-hmm. they're taking away our gun rights because um, I, me, Lacey, um, I, oh, I can name them like. Isn't that fascinating? Like, so the court steals your kids and they take away your gun rights. Well, yes. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this. Mm-hmm. Why? They, what is the pretense? I have a couple theories, but I'll rather save it because I'm still working okay. my case. Okay, but, that's fine. Yeah, don't don't um, give away stuff you shouldn't give away. I always, yeah. I definitely, I know that they're trying to push us into Marshall's law, and I know that women and children are not safe, and um. It's really scary. Um, I know that I I was being locked out of hearings, and then my judge entraps me, has me served because there's no jurisdiction in my case, so I've been fighting it. And I went in there with a with a counterclaim. He locked me out, and then had me served outside of his locked courtroom, and then he puts on the docket that it was a completed hearing. <laughs> See, that's but he These took away my gun rights until 2025. Yeah, so that's crazy. I can't even see my children until 2025. Well, you need you need advocates as far as the kids go, and you need California Rifle and Pistol Association to get a lawyer uh, as far as your gun rights go. Uh, because <laughs> uh, seriously, this is, that's how I'd approach it. You know, uh, I was in California for enough years. I know I know the groups, but uh, Organos of America probably has a chapter. Uh, or Second Amendment Foundation probably has as uh, representatives you can talk to. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and, I like that. I yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. Like we that. have uh, actually, um, you know, I've had uh, 
one of our former reporters here, uh, Tina Terry, is one of the founders of uh, JPFO, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. You know, she knew the, uh, the original person. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Aaron Zellman. Those are rabbi. Oh. It's not a Jews for Preservation of Firearms Ownership. It's not about a rabbi. I don't <laughs> think he's talking like this. He might be from Brooklyn. Okay, what do you want? Okay, but Jews with guns, it's a good thing. Okay, what are you talking about? You got a problem with that? Nah, come on. I got a good for you. Right, anyway, I, I was... The, I was a member for years, and I still got the T-shirt. I still got the T-shirt that has a life preserver from an ocean liner life preserver with an AR-15 in the middle of it saying, never let go of your life preserver. Now, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership is a good group because we all know Jews went through the Holocaust, as did a bunch of other folks in Europe. So when Jews say we want to, we want to keep our guns, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good reason behind it because governments have killed Jews by the millions. So why wouldn't you want to have Jews be armed? That makes perfect sense. So a group like JPFO, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, has a lot of credibility. You know, moms, you know, moms for guns, you know, MFGs. <laughs> you know, that might get, that might get, uh, that might get misconstrued. We made the new acronym there. We'll, we'll think of a more, you know, something a little less easily messed with. But, you know, we're, I'll work on it. But, you know, you know uh, gun moms, you know, you should be GMs. There you go. You can be gun moms. I want to be moms unchained. Say that again? You you cut out just for a second. What was that? I said, I want to be moms unchained, like mothers unchained or something. That'd make you you a muse. You want to be a mu? Moms unchained? M-U? You want to be a moo? They're going to be called moos. You want to be called moos. You want to be called moos. Oh, my God. Great. I forgot what what I told you. Oh, my God. I forgot to. Okay. I have to say this. Okay. What I did on Halloween. Okay. Uh-oh. Yes. Change the subject. Okay. <laughs> okay. This no, this is fine. Point. I don't care. This is fun. Okay. So every year, my um, children and I have a tradition where mm-hmm. we deck out our um, our bicycles with lights. And um, I again, I love Alice in Wonderland, so I'll, I'll repeat the Alice in Wonderland. You know, mm-hmm. one of my girls exchanges characters. Whatever. Okay. So. Um, so I was really bummed out that, you know, it was coming on their second year and I wasn't able to go trick-or-treating, deck out my house or uh, do my traditional chili beans and cornbread and watch Nightmare Before Christmas or Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that's such really a warm really and fuzzy bummed. film. Nightmare Before Christmas. That just warms my heart. <laughs> Sorry. Are you being sarcastic? I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. That's sarcasm. Yeah, that's, that's – uh, yeah, if you have to ask, it probably is. <laughs> well, it's one of our favorite movies along with Coraline and um, oh, interesting. Nightmare Before I mean, um, you have Alice an interesting family. Night, so. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Well, Curious. And All Adam's right. family. We like we love Adam's family. <laughs> family anyway, values. Be afraid. There you go. Be very so, afraid. Um, so. <laughs> I make um, a, an amazing um, chili beans and cornbread, and we. Anyways, it's just a. It's a we sell. Invite me over. That sounds it. cool. I want to come to Halloween at your place. What kind of dress do So this year, this year, I woke up and I was pissed off. <gasps> oh no! Oh hell no! Uh-oh. These people think that they can come in my home. And remove my kids and mm-hmm. give them to my abuser, a well-documented mm-hmm. abuser, yeah. and then for me to be respectfully okay with it, respectfully okay with kidnapping my children, hmm. and 
restraining me until 2025 without an evidentiary hearing or anything like that. So I, I was just like, I'm going to make the best out of this Halloween. So I kind of made a sign and I put it at the, the, at the corner of the judge's home. Uh Oh, and uh, did the judge see this? And you know what? It used to be that it used to be the, the street that I used to live off of. So I'm not even sorry about it, and I'm not stalking or anything. I am raising awareness because this guy should not be on the bench. So, what? Well, one person's raising awareness is another person's stalking, so be careful, especially I, with a well, judge. I, judges I, judges I, tend I, to I have – I encourage uh, them. Yeah, yeah. I encourage them to come and talk to me about this sign. You know why? Because why? they will not give me a court date. And I want to oh. talk about my case. <laughs> well, you should. Everyone has to in court. So, what are the advocates? Let's 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 have a question that we haven't really asked yet. What, well, who then, are the I advocates? I tell you what the science says. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, can I go tell ahead. You what my yep. science of course says? you can. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut that off. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. So it's a corner. It's at a corner of a busy intersection, and right across the street from his corner is a huge high school. And I used uh-huh. to live on the same street. My this judge did right. So um, I got off the phone with the other mom, and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to do it. So I mm-hmm. made a sign, neon green, mm-hmm. and it says, child abusers, Judge Jacobson and Judge Cassidy wear black dresses and call themselves judges. Mm-hmm. Hashtag trafficking for profit. Hashtag child abusers. Uh, follow Me Too Family Court on Instagram. <laughs> well, that's interesting. And uh, now that they know exactly who you are, <laughs> of course, they knew from the... From the uh, I was from like, the... yep, it's me. I did it. Come and talk to me. <laughs> Has anybody talked to you? No, but this is the thing. Okay, so I've had, hmm. the, I've had the cops at my home 33 times because they're trying to trap me in their emergency jurisdiction, hmm. right? So mm-hmm. now I'm like, how come everything I post, everything I say, everything, nobody has, I mean, nobody has come and served me with a civil lawsuit. Like, really? Are we, are we serious right now? Like, because everything I'm saying is true. Well, then they can't serve you with a civil lawsuit. I mean, truth is defense against libel. So if, you, if, you, if someone accuses you of libel, libel or slander and you say, no, it's the truth, I can prove it. You know, then, then, right. then that's, that's the defense against libel and slander. So you can't just make up stuff. You know, like I say, you can't say the judge right. sleeps with fuzzy blue teddy bears unless they actually do. You know, because that's, that's, a, that's a, it's my favorite example, by the way. Uh, that's kind of a, you know, derogatory thing. Oh, conjures up a real image of the judge. Sleeps with fuzzy blue teddy bears. Yeah, what do you think? Can't trust them. You know, but you can't say that. <laughs> you know, unless it's, right. uh, you know, yeah. Okay. Unless, in, in, unless it's true. Well, check this out. Everything I'm saying is true. They are abusing my children. They are abusing children. You know, this is neglect. This is child neglect, child mm-hmm. endangerment, child abuse yeah. on so many levels. Don't sit there. But that's on the, that's that the point of family court. Claim, yeah, that's what family court um, does. Unfortunately, that's the that's their mission now is to be abusive, well, is to reward the abusers, to punish the good parents, to perpetuate the case, to make more money. That's how the, that's their business model. Well, remember how you asked me about revenge? Mm-hmm. 
When did I do that? Today or another day? No, today. Okay. Telling you I was a true Scorpio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, my thoughts do get fleeting when I do the show. I forget what I said five minutes it's ago. A, it's okay. So be a, go this ahead. This is Tell my me. vision. Like, you are not going to kidnap my children, threaten <laughs> my children, and state, if you continue to make these reports, we will make it so your mom never gets you back. So now they're terrified mm. of any type of reports. Um, they will not, they hang, they hung a noose outside of my home. They've uh, put a fake dead body in front of I mean, the list goes on. Who and did my that? house has been broken into. My, my house in has been broken that? into. No, who, who put the, the, the effigy outside your home? Not that I believe. There's some speculation to who, but I know I have solid evidence of who is conspiring to do this. Is it so, a government official that did something like that, or is it a private person? I mean, we don't want, we don't want no, names unless is, you know they did it. It's a little it. bit so of column A and a little bit of column B. Okay, all right. We have, yeah, we have um, officers telling, we're, we're trying to make a missing persons report because um, another mom didn't know where her daughter was at, and she was pulled Isn't out of her, her home. Then, huh. then her, then an officer telling us that their badge number was one eight seven. Well, and I don't want to give anything identifiable concern. yet for anybody just because I want to I'm going to protect you and protect the show. And so we don't want to get real specific unless we know or something yeah, yeah, public yeah. record, you know, just because. Oh, well, okay. I have it posted. It's public record to me. <laughs> okay, that's that's well, fine I'm for you, but I, I got to gotta watch my show too. Hey, listen, I got a question. What I'm just saying is okay, like ahead. we call to, we, you know, to debunk this stuff because we don't want to believe it. You know what I mean? But like you can't make this stuff up. You know, well, see, that's the problem. It's it's beyond fiction. Well, let me ask you a question that on the um, the whole the the awareness month. If this is Family Court Awareness Awareness Month. Who's behind that? Who's sponsoring it? The uh, Family Court Awareness Month. It, um, us moms. We've been so. Well, no, but I mean, art. isn't uh, it's got to come from somewhere? If this is is this a, a legislative designation? Do they go to Congress and say, "Can you make this Family Awareness Month like Black History Month or like a Divorce Month or whatever well, or whatever Domestic Violence question. Month?" It might be. It might be one mom's battle. I'm not too sure. Um, she's another coalition. It might be the Women's Coalition. Um, there's quite a few coalitions out there. I don't hitch myself to a wagon to any of those coalitions um, because of the fact that I don't believe in um, advocating for just one family. I believe that our children are just, should be shown the same and equal amount of um, airtime or, you know, publication or whatever the case may be. Um, and we should come together as a unit and a united front because there is there's a power in numbers. So yeah, but you still need a group behind you. You need money behind you. And usually there's, there's some group. So whatever group is either funding or designating or, or is behind the advertising or something like that, whatever that group is, that's the group you need to, to be the advocates. That's the, those are the ones that should be hiring the lawyer. You know, you should be able to uh, – uh, I was just thinking of a group, speaking of which, uh, you know, this group, Divorce for Men. And they have all the lawyers that specialize in divorce for men because guys got screwed over totally in family court for a long time. Now that's not the case anymore. In fact, a lot of guys are getting kids they shouldn't get. 
Um, but uh, it's just, but, but that's how you change the situation. So you need, we need a family court advocate. I, yeah. I think that's kind of why, I think that might be a little um, reason as to why this is happening because, you know, unfortunately there's been a lot of good fathers that have been, um, you know, um, deprived and, you know, they've been so oh, yeah. thirsty to have, to have a relationship with their child and they've just been so deprived and, you know, that's why I don't ask. Well, society does moms. not honor, society does not honor fatherhood in many cases. Uh, and, and there's groups that have actually gone to abuse that, you know, and they're talking about parental alienation and other things. So I'm, believe me, I'm well versed in it. And I don't want to spend a lot more time on this. I want to kind of move on and see if we have other stuff because yeah, uh, yeah. I think we pretty well covered it. But if you have another specific instance, uh, but uh, like groups people can talk to, you know, where, where can parents go? Because what the, really is the victim now is it's like the, the good parents are being the victims. You know, and they're doing that to perpetuate the case to make money. So we got we have to find a way to take money out of this. So we need a bill. We need something in Congress. You know, we need a parental rights. You know, and th- or family court rights or things like that. But this, there's a lot of things we have to do. But again, we're not going to solve it here. So we need to talk more about what action we're going to take. So I only have a few more minutes, about 20 more minutes, before they're going to literally cut me off the show here. Um, so did you have? Uh, what, I don't know how much time we have for your show for your podcast or is that pretty no, open? actually I'm on your time. So no, I just wanted okay. to go ahead and, you know, express my gratitude and express my excitement to, you know, have you on board on um, this amazing patriotic um, uh, film, uh, the Falcon, and we'll be giving out more information as soon mm-hmm. as, we're updated and we're allowed to give out. I mean, this is such an important project that we want to make sure that we are um, delivering the message the exact way that um, the director and the producer and the writer mm-hmm. wants us to project it out. So is, I apologize if we're both a little vague. No, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's called it's a, a teaser. You know, we can't tell everything. I can't even tell. Uh, I, I can't even tell my action radio people what I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is really, I, you know, and I'm pretty good at keeping secrets because I, I have names of people that are that are not their actual names. I keep that secret. There's just a lot of things that I know. Uh, and of course, my plans, I mean, you know, the really long term action radio strategic plans. I'm the only person that knows those. And so that's that's part of the fun of this. Um, but is there a website people can go to? Is there a Falcon website uh, for, for public uh, information that people yet. can I see? I okay. believe I believe the Falcons website is going to be ready by the end of this month. I just got an email from Mario okay. last night, and he updated me um, on. I still got to go get fitted because I'm going to be in a formal gown in my in my role the whole time. And I just mm-hmm. had my um, my photo so shoot last week. Yeah, I know. I get a designer, and a, he's yeah. I have to go get fitted and. Um, and he, he I'm going to be in a penthouse. <laughs> oh, wow. So in actually, it will be really you know, interesting to back. do, Juliet, I'll tell you what be interesting to do is, is, is as different things happen in the movie, because people are fascinated by movies. And that includes me. This is why I'm asking. But the whole process, because people don't realize how long it takes to make a movie. You know, they don't just go through the picture. You know, you've got storyboards. You've got uh, screen. Uh, you've got to do the, the screenplay. You've got to do the action. Storyboards are only for films is what, because I'm the executive producer on a um, upcoming horror film that um, 
Showtime is looking at picking up. Um, so I'm learning all these different um, I'm learning all these different roles and stuff like that. But I thought mm-hmm. like in a series had a storyboard, but I guess not. Uh, only um, I'll talk computerized only, now. You know, feature films have storyboards. Okay. Interesting. So well, see, I need to learn. I want to learn about this because I I want to learn how they make movies. I mean, I think it'd be fascinating to just to check in with us periodically. If for nothing else, um, you should check in periodically anyway. Um, but 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 especially on on things like the the you know how movies are made. So if you're in in your wardrobe now, you know it's like wardrobe makeup. You know, uh, uh, I guess the directors meet, the actors meet, uh, they plan things out. You know, you got to get the on location stuff. There's all this kind of cool stuff that goes on in movies that the I think uh, us inquiring minds out here want to know. I'll know because I'll be involved in it. Well, you extent, know, but, once yeah. I put together the behind the scenes and it's because mm-hmm. I film everything in life, not because I like filming myself, it's because I mm-hmm. do live a an extraordinary and beautiful life you know, despite all the, you know, sorrow and the grief and the pain and the suffering, I Mm -hmm. do, I travel a lot. I'm taking, you know, some well-known photographers I'm working with directors, writers, screenwriters. I mean, you name it, I have gotten to work with them and I feel so incredibly, incredibly blessed. And through this um, journey, I get, I'm, I'm documenting and I haven't posted anything yet um, because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to get cut from the movie before. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can get so, our producer um, in sometime if, uh, if our producer wants to come, uh, you know, drop in when it's appropriate to tell us, you know, some stuff uh, that can be, yeah, absolutely. that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Greg. It, it's always a pleasure being on your show and updating everyone on, you know, the family court awareness as well as, you know, um, the, you know, advocating for yourself and your family and our beautiful nation and, you know, keep in mind the forefathers and the Constitution and what exactly it is designed for, you know, mm-hmm. um, and really start, you know, bringing it back to the basics, people, because, you know, we we do live in such a beautiful nation, and we need to – our nation has been hijacked. <laughs> it certainly has. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And yeah. thank you. Uh, thank you for all that. But, uh, yeah. And if people want to know the Constitution, uh, read it. <laughs> it's not that hard to read. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> You know, and you'll recognize clauses. You'll recognize the supremacy clause and the, uh, you know, the commerce clause and, uh, you know, some of the, the equal protections clause. They're right there. You know, when they say the word equal protection, oh, this must be the equal protections clause they're always talking about. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it's pretty straightforward. All right, Juliet, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, tie this up for today. And I'm back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. So we're going to have a little bit of a veterans uh, discussion in the first half hour. And then we have uh, uh, Shirley Watchell. Uh, Derek's out tomorrow. Uh, him being a, he being a vet, uh, I think he'll be doing uh, Veterans Day celebrations and uh, uh, official stuff and things like that. So we have a lot of people who are veterans. Jim Dykes used to, uh, when he was on the show, is a veteran. So we, like Friday, we had all it, our veterans. It, it was great. It was really cool to have all, all the vets on. The that's day. awesome. Yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. celebrating the Marine Corps birthday. Um, my fiance, he is a Marine. And um so, yeah, so happy birthday to all the Marines. There we go. Yeah. 
make sure you honor them because you know they they're they're beautiful soldiers and warriors and and you know I give them a round of applause. Everything. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Absolutely. And um, yeah, to know more of the Falcon and other projects that I'm working on, please go to brokengirlunchained.com. And you can follow me on Instagram on brokengirlunchained. Sounds good. Julia, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. And uh, I'm done for today. I'm and Greg, where, where, where can I find you? Where can we oh, find that's a good you? question. Oh, that's right, because I'm on your simulcast, too. I keep forgetting, because uh, mm-hmm. I usually have all the announcements and things. So the show, the show we're listening to is at blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. That's blog, B-L-O-G-T-A-L-K radio, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. And where our, our work, our real work in terms of change, where we write the legislation that we advocate is at writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. And between those two, we're the first uh, show with its own citizen legislature. And with all the folks helping us out here, uh, we are going to provide the, the bills that uh, our legislators, our politicians are incapable of writing and hope to highly influence them to pass them. That's, that's what the show yes. is all about. You know, we because give our consent to be governed. Go ahead. What's that? It's all about we the people. Yeah. Well, we have a, a mission statement. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we choose not to be governed. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Yeah. There we go. I love it. Thanks, Juliet. Thank you so much, Action Radio, and thank you so much, Greg. It was a pleasure. And until next time, this is Juliet and Greg with Action Radio. And Juliet with Broken Girl Unchained. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. There we go. Anyway, back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Central Time. Fridays, we start a little bit earlier, so 6 a.m. Central Time Live. And, of course, podcasts anytime. And the shows are, are normally podcasts within 5 to 10 minutes of when we shut down, so you can catch us then. And I will see you all tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.